Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. How's everyone doing today? Ah, we're in the second week of February. The gopher says we'll have an early spring, hopefully. Um, and I am going to be reviewing today the sequel to The Mighty Ducks that came out in 92, D2 The Mighty Ducks, which came out in 1994. When did this movie release? What was the release date? Let's see. March 25th, 1994. So I believe I... Still would have been 11 years old. I would have been in 5th grade at this point. Okay. So here is the synopsis. Courtesy of IMDb. Can Gordon's team. Gordon Bombay. Can his team win the Junior Goodwill Games in California. In spite of all the setbacks. I don't know guys. Can they? This movie's got a 6.1 out of 10. Based on 34 1,370 ratings. Directed by Sam Wiseman. Writer Stephen Brill. And Stephen Brill. <laughs> Let's see. I want to see like how much the first movie made originally. So the first, oh the tagline for the first one. They can't skate, they can't win, they can't be serious. Okay, that's the first one. So the budget for the first one, of course, going back to this, was $10 million. Opening weekend made $6 million. Domestic grossed $50 million. Worldwide, $50,752,337. Gotcha. All right. Just wanted to see. So $50 mil for that one. Let's see about the sequel. What the sequel do? Let's see. Opening weekend, $10 million, grossed $45 million, worldwide $45 million. So it did about, about $5 million less. That's not terrible. That's not bad. Taglines, the puck stops here, and the mighty ducks are back. Let's get into some trivia. The ducks that appeared in the first film did not return for the sequel are Dave Karp, played by Aaron Schwartz, Peter Mark, J.D. Daniels. I didn't even know Peter's last name, but now I do. Terry Hall, Juicy Smollett, Tammy Duncan, Jane Plank, and Tommy Duncan, played by Danny Tamborelli, half of Pete and Pete. The scene after the first game with Iceland, where Coach Bombay makes the team do sprints, is based on her. Herb Brooks' 1980 U.S. Olympic team when they tied the Norwegian national team in an exhibition game. The team skated for about an hour, even though the rink manager had turned the lights off. When Dwayne Robertson was introduced, he says, It's a great day for hockey. That was a tribute to former Pittsburgh Penguins slash Calgary Flames slash Wisconsin University Badgers coach and former USA Hockey executive Badger Bob Johnson, who died 91 shortly after coaching the Pittsburgh Penguins to their first Stanley Cup championship and before he was to coach Team USA in the 1991 Canada Cup tournament. That was how Johnson greeted his players every day. Aww. That's nice. Mark Marin filmed a cameo as an angry valet who the ducks came across in Beverly Hills, but his scenes were deleted. Well, 
Iceland's uniforms are the same colors of the hawks and the mighty ducks. Well, yeah. Gotta have... The bad guys usually always wear black, right? Filming began July 7th, so just after the 4th of July in 93, and ended that fall on September 23rd. So pretty much all of summer, just about. Let's see. Seven out of 14 members of Team USA were born in the Twin Cities metro area. Charlie Conway, Connie Moreau, Jesse Haller from Minneapolis, Guy Germanish from St. Paul, and Adam Banks, Les Averman, and Fulton Reed are from the suburbs of Edina, Brooklyn Park, and Stillwater, respectively. The other states represented on Team USA are Pennsylvania, Greg Goldberg, California, Ken Will and Russ Tyler, Florida, Luis Mendoza, Illinois, Dean Portman, Maine, Julie Gaffney, and Texas, Dwayne Robertson. Character of Jan, Hans's brother, was modeled heavily after iconic record producer George Martin, best known for working with the Beatles. Oh, if you say so, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> the only film, oh wow, that's right, the only film in the franchise where Adam Banks isn't forced to choose between which team he plays for. In the Mighty Ducks, he has to choose either the Hawks or the Ducks, or forfeit every game for the rest of the season. In D3, he has to choose between JV and Varsity because of his new teammates. The cast is at two crazy credits. The cast is at camping a camping trip and sings We Are the Champions. I remember because when I saw, I saw this is the only Ducks movie I saw in the theater. My aunt took me and my cousins to see it. I guess they let us in a little early because we actually saw the very end, you know, the very, very end where they're sitting around the campfire singing. And then, of course, we sat there while they went and rewound the film to start it from the beginning. This uh, other one says the Ducks mourn the passing of their good friend Will Cowboy Dawson. I'll have to look for that at the end then, because I only remember the We Are the Champions song. Which is funny because they have that at the when they win the championship in the first movie. They had the soundtrack for the sequel uh, from D2. We got um, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by The Poor Boys. I know that one. Um, Mr. Big Stuff. Good Stuff. Whoop, 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 there it is. That one by Tag Team. And We Will Rock You by Queen. We Are the Champions. Rock the Pond, don't know about that one. The original Mighty Ducks theme, theme by David Newman. So I'm going to read one 10 out of 10 review. This was from 2004. A childhood classic for those who enjoyed being a kid. Dang right. And it's not a huge long review, so... Alright, I love this movie and the other two movies in the series. I believe that is the best of the series because it was a lot lighter than the other two. My favorite part might have been in the end when everyone is around the campfire. Yeah, that's the very end of the movie. They burst into a horrible version of We Are the Champions. Though it was horrible, it was hilarious and very cocky. I'm sure all of us would break into this song after beating everyone in the world in hockey. Though it's hard to believe Canada didn't kick America's asses. I am a fan of Queen also, and I believe this movie may have had a great deal with that as well. As a girl, I have to say that when I was 10, and this was the first movie that I saw boys for more than just stupid pricks, okay? If you want to be a kid again, watch this movie and enjoy it, but don't bash it because it wasn't made to entertain teenagers and adults. <laughs>
Here's some titles for some. This first enlisted a 6 out of 10. What the fuck? This movie makes no sense. Despite that, it's still a guilty pleasure watch of mine. This is from 2016. 4 out of 10. Okay. Dot, 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 question mark. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Bombay blows it big time. <laughs> Hard to watch with all the flaws. If you like hockey, stay away. This one's got a 2 out of 10. (laughs) Watched it a lot when I was (laughs) 6. Team USA all the way. I love some of these titles. 3 out of 10. Same old, same old. 1 out of 10. (laughs) This is from 1999. This review is 20 years old. Well, 21. Predictable and stupid. I ain't gonna reach through my phone and slap whoever this is. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's get on with the movie, shall we? I'm ready for this. I am excited. I liked... M- I had... I had, um... The movie... Ni- Remember in the 90s? Like, every single, like, kids movie... T- um... Of the 90s, always had like a movie novelization to go along with it. I had the one for this one and D3. In the book, you know the character Guy, right? It's probably G, spelt G U Y. So, of course, when I'm reading the book, I'm like, Guy? Who is this Guy person? Much like the first movie, we do have the black background and the blue font, the ice blue font. We see. D and 2 hitting each other and then in between the D and the 2 there is like a a bright light and then the D and the 2 move apart from each other like a curtain and then you see the mighty ducks. We also get another sepia toned quick little half a second scene of young Gordon playing hockey on the pond. Oh, here we go. We get a little bit more. Oh, yep. You got Gordon with his dad, a nice, beautiful, sepia-toned memory, and his father's parting words: "Don't, re- don't matter how far you go, don't forget your home." In other words, no matter how big you get, don't forget who you really are inside. Oh, all right, we got Gordon Bombay playing for the Minnesota Waves. So it's like what a little minor league team. Apparently, the announcer of the hockey game wants to get into Gordon's backstory and also give you an update for those who either haven't seen the Mighty Ducks or, you know, give us a little bit of a refresh because it's been about a couple years. It's like, he went from a legal career to coach the Minneapolis Mighty Ducks to a state peewee championship last year. So even though it's been like, what, two years for us, in Mighty Ducks time, it's been a year. And we do get Gordon's age. He is 29. Okay. I, I probably thought somewhere like 26, 27. And they're really building him up here because you know clearly something's going to happen. As the announcer's like, he's one short step away from the NHL. We get him getting the puck, you know, as in, you know, playing hockey in the minor league. And then we get these spliced, intercut moments of the sepia-toned childhood memory. This guy is really, this announcer just loves Gordon Bombay. I mean, 
don't get me wrong, dude. I, I like him too. He's a great guy with a finally a decent attitude. But I'm sure people in the stands are like, okay, what's this guy like? Talk, I mean, he doesn't talk up the other players. What's so great about this Gordon Bombay? Oh, he won a peewee championship last year? Wow. <laughs> so Gordon does score, of course. Now, you know that something that, you know, celebratory only lasts for so long because you know that something is going to just be underneath the surface rating to ruin that happy moment. That dick face who's got a fucking angry m- mug on him. I mean, he's he's like a cartoon villain. He's like, I'm going to get that guy's ass. I'm going to take him out. He's gunning for his ass. This was a tag team deal. We got whoever the opposing team is. Kind of checked Gordon into the boards. And is kind of like trying to... Gordon's trying to get out from behind this guy. And now, of course, we got freaking cartoon girl face coming in there to, like, bash the fuck out of Gordon's knee. No amount of padding can protect that knee crunch as Gordon goes down. Just, ah! Gordon's got to be so excruciating, but he's covered in so much padding, he just kind of rolls around like, um, a, um, bowling pin just taking its time to like fall on its side and you you feel bad for the guy I mean my god it's like practically I mean he's on the ground his eyes are practically rolling up in his head just the excruciating amount of pain he pulled that guy probably shattered his knee and what's he gonna get like the guy's gonna get what two minutes in the penalty box for like breaking that guy's knee on purpose mind you that was no accident that was a planned attack a planned assault if you will Pretty much Gordon's fucked. Um, his career in the minor leagues is donezo. Now we gotta watch the scene where we got the medics and the refs coming in to look at his knee. It's just, can we, I, he's in pain. That's, I, I feel for him. But can we kind of move on from the scene? I get it. It's, it's a really bad knee injury. My heart goes out to him. But we don't need to dwell on this for too long. And, of course, we get one last sepia-toned 10-year-old Gordon face. Like, happy and gleeful and look I can skate and I don't have any problems with my knees. Now we're going to Minnesota at the bus station where Gordon is getting off the bus and not Hans but his brother Jan is there. Somebody's got to go and take care of the skate shop. Charlie can't run it by himself because we're going to see Charlie who's kind of helping out kind of like a young Gordon used to do in the first movie when he was young. Uh, Hans apparently, I'm sure the actor probably just wasn't able because he is in the sequel. Maybe he just wasn't available for this movie at this time. Maybe he's busy doing something else. Maybe he wanted time away. I don't know. But they put in the excuse that he went back home to visit, you know, their mother. And it's like, all right, look, Jan, I'm home for now. If you want, go to Minnesota. Take care of the skate shop for me because it's been in the family for years. There's a song that kind of plays underneath as Gordon's getting off the bus, and this the lyrics are like, like the river flows, like the snow melts, you're going to find your situation, changing for the better, which is almost kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of it. Where it, it kind of gives you like, if you didn't know how the story was going to progress from here, this song lyrics alone will kind of give you, like, we get it. His life is going to change for the better because he's home. He can't do hockey anymore, so what else does he have to focus on? 
working at the skate shop, maybe reuniting the ducks, maybe teaching them, you know, doing the peewee hockey thing again for a second time only in Los Angeles in the summer with Team USA. I couldn't arrive on a more rainy-ass day, like the rainiest day of the year. I mean, it's not like snowing or anything, but good golly. I was pouring sheets of rain. Oh, hey, Mickey's Diner is like right across the street. You could go say hi to Charlie's mom, unless she doesn't work there anymore. But then again, she's working there in the sequel, so. Hans went back to the old country for the summer, so Jan could run the shop all by his loans himself. John has got either a goofy sense of humor or he's got a chip on his shoulder. Like, oh, he wanted to visit Mama. She loves him more, you know. So, Gordon is taking a nap. He's resting, recovering in the skate shop. And, of course, all that racket going on from sharpening skates. Just, ah! Like, yeah, that's what I want to wake up to in the morning. Be jolted awake. <laughs> what, what, what? Oh, that's right. I'm in a skate shop in Minneapolis. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, Charlie, you're looking so much better. I can tell you're a boy. <laughs> He's got a... He finally took my advice and got that haircut. Remember? I, I needled him so much. I'm like, get a haircut, Charlie. Your hair's too long, Charlie. You, you, I can't tell if you're... <laughs> so Charlie, of course, like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you? Well, not only did Charlie get a haircut, he actually grew uh, a few inches. He's probably just below the top of Gordon's head. He's like re-shot up in height, big time. So, Jan's got a specialty, Haas and Pfeffer and eggs. Luckily, London is not here to hear that because he's a rabbit, and um, I don't think he wants to hear about the Haas and Pfeffer. And Gordon's like, wow, um, Charlie, I hope he's, Jan's paying you more than I got paid. And of course, Charlie's like, uh, wait, what? You got paid? Of course, Jan's like, oh, no, no, let's, let's eat the house and feather before it gets cold. So, I mean, no, seriously, I actually do want to get paid, um, because I have other offers for other jobs where I actually physically, I could get paid, but, Yeah. So Gordon's up and moving around, and he notices one of the framed pictures, which is a newspaper clipping that says, Ducks are peewee champs. So I want to read just a little bit of what I can of the article. By Kevin Stramer, staff writer. Okay. In what can only be called the second miracle on ice, Gordon Bombay's District 5 Ducks dethroned the reigning champion Hawks. As, let's see here. An incredible finish had Charlie Conway making a penalty shot with virtually no time left on the clock. The stunning move, referred to as his special triple deke, clanged off the left post, wavered in the air, and miraculously fell over the red line for the winning goal. Here's a quote by Charlie. I didn't really think I was going to make it. I mean, I am incredibly uncoordinated, says young Charlie. I knew he'd make it. It was just like in the movies, said Coach Gordon Bombay. <laughs> How funny, because that was a movie and so was this. Gordon's kind of reminiscing. Jan comes over and Gordon's like, wow, Charlie has just grown so much. And Jan's like, well, yeah, they do that. You know, kids, they get taller. They can't stay short forever. 
There's also a framed photo just out of focus of, I think that's Gordon in his Minnesota Waves jersey. So we do get a smidge amount of what went on in the last year. So not only has Charlie gotten taller, but his mother remarried in the span of a year. She met somebody, fell in love, and just got married at the Justice of the Peace. Or maybe they had a beautiful spring wedding in the park somewhere. So since Charlie's mother remarried, Charlie's been spending a lot of time here. So either he doesn't like his step new stepfather or he just is like, eh, I'm not into the mushy, kissy, kissy stuff. I kind of want to keep my distance. Because if she had remarried... You don't see her husband, like, at all in the sequel. He doesn't come to any of Charlie's games. He doesn't come to any... I mean, granted, they're Team USA. They, go, they fly off to um, California in, in this uh, D2, but I bet, she div- I bet the guy's a jerk, and that's why she divorces his ass, and you don't see him for the sequel. That's what I'm guessing, anyway, might have happened. The guy was a cool dude. I mean, why wouldn't Charlie want to hang out with him? John's like, oh, I just had to hire him. I'm like, yes, hire him, but not pay him any money. John's kind of kicking himself, like, gosh, I really should have kept in touch more. And Jan's like, hey, well, you know what? You're here now, right? So what are you going to do? Have you talked to Ducksworth? Why in the hell would he want to talk to that asshole? That guy fired his ass, sided with Riley. I would want nothing to do with that fucking prick. Like, that guy can go fuck himself if he ain't already in the grave. His old ass. And, of course, you know, in the first movie, Gordon's all like, I'm a lawyer, not a hockey player. Now it's like, I'm a hockey player, not a lawyer. And the third one will be like, I'm not a hockey player or a lawyer. I'm just here for five seconds of the movie (laughs) in the beginning and two seconds in the end for a hot second. If you blink, you'll miss me. Of course, Jan is like, look, Gordon, you have to rest. You need to recuperate. And of course, Gordon's like, well, time is something I don't have a lot of. I'm like, are you dying? Why the hell do you say you have no time? What's... My guess is, well, no, I don't have time. I have to heal so I can get back out there into the minor leagues again. I'm going to miss my shot. I'm 29 years old. If I don't get back out there before I'm 30, then it's just... I may as well just not even continue to pursue, you know, my hockey dream. Like, dude, I get it. You made it to the minor leagues. Congratulations. You had an injury. Don't push it. Oh my god, I'm always going to be spinning this movie bitching about the how Like, this close! I was this close to the NHL! I was back in the game! Well, now you're not. Sidelined temporarily. So why don't you, while you're recuperating, coach the Ducks again. For funsies. You know that you were never more alive unless you were coaching the Ducks. Jan brings up coaching... Apparently he's been named the Minnesota Miracle Man? Nicknamed that? And Gordon's like, well, I mean, it was one of the best moments of my life coaching Pee Wee Hockey, but I can't make a living out of doing that. It's like, you can't? Is it mainly just volunteer work? Well, Jan is the one that kind of kicks this thing into motion as he says, my hockey suppliers tell me Team USA is still without a coach for the Junior Goodwill Games. 
Gold just kind of, he's being a real pissant. He's like, hey, why don't you give them a call then? Maybe I can sharpen their skates. Of course, Jan takes offense to this. It's like, do not knock skate sharpening. And Gold's like, yeah, I, I know, I know. It's a great skill to have as a backup plan when nothing else works out for you. Shaming his town. He's like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life sharpening skates in this rinky-dink town. Then why the fuck did you go back to it if you're a bitch about it? Damn. All of a sudden, it's like he got so good because he's in the minor leagues. Like, I'm so much more than that little dink-ass town where my father died and Coach Riley was an asshole to me and Ducksworth fired me. I was a lawyer for a hot second and... I, I won the state championship for the Pee Wees, and then I went on to the minor leagues. I am not digging. I am not digging Gordon's hair in this movie. It is just part, either a side part or a side middle part. I can't tell. It's long. I just he looks so much better in the first movie. He got that early '90s kind of you know pushed up in the front, kind of you know short on the top. Really, really nice looking. He wants something better and something bigger. I'm sure that sharpening skates, skates, skates is a great skill to have, but that just looks like Gordon's just like dead behind the eyes, like oh this menial ass work. Oh my gosh, as Jan brings up like a hundred other skates that need to be sharpened. That probably they're all used, so they're all rented, so they smell like beet. And sweat. Ugh. So here's where we meet Mr. Tibbles. He is part of the Hendrix Goodwill Games program. My guess is Jan probably called him like, hey, I got Gordon Bombay here. He helped with the Pee Wee Games, win the championship. Why don't you talk to him? The Minnesota Miracle Man, by the way. This guy is Mr. Fucking Thumble Fumble Thumbs. <laughs> he's fucking clumsy oaf oh, the guy's like oh he's looking Gordon up and down like wow you look great yeah and it's like dude he's like oh much better than your picture I'm like are you like checking him out what the fuck it's almost like the way he's like oh yeah you look good it's like are you, what Ugh. Tibbles I don't like you <laughs> I guess he's a goofy bumbling ding dong Gordon looks at this guy like, the fuck? I came out of sharpening skates for this shit? Do you want something? Like to buy like the hockey stick you're holding before you break it like you broke all the other ones? Okay, so Hendrix Hockey, yeah. And he's saying, hey Gordon, I got a doctor in LA that will, can take a look at your knee. And he's doing great things with baboon ligaments. Like, ugh. He just wants Gordon's face for the image and just the fact that because Gordon's like, what do you want, Mr. Tibbles? And Mr. Tibbles is like, I want you, Gordon. I want your face, a winning face, to be winning for Hendricks in Team USA. Dang, so apparently Jan's been pitching Gordon to Hendricks for months. The Junior Goodwill Games in the country, the USA, need the Gordon magic that he performed with the Ducks to become the Minnesota Miracle Man. Apparently they don't even have a team yet for the Goodwill, Junior Goodwill Games. 
Hey, the starter jackets! Remember those things? Yeah, my cousin... I thought I had a cousin or so that actually were into those star... Those starter jackets were all over. I never wanted one. I wasn't... A, if I could have gotten one for Mighty Ducks, sweet. You know, I think on Amazon you actually can get jerseys that say the Mighty Ducks and, like, have the, like, Charlie Conway's number on there and stuff. So, Tibbles was like, all right, round up those ducks. John, er, yeah, Jen. That was another damn thing. <laughs> when I was reading the novelization, I'm like, who is Jan? No way in hell would I have been able to pronounce, oh, it's actually Jan. I'm like, who is Jan? The guy's name is Jan? I don't fucking know. <laughs> kind of took me out of it. Jan and Guy? I thought there were Gee and Yawn. You know, I was like 11, 12 years old at the time, so... I was like, alright, here's the duck collar. Go find those ducks. Of course, the first one we're going to go and get is Charlie, because he is the captain since District 5, so he needs to round up all his little duck buddies, who he probably has not seen all summer. They're all like, hey, we're not in hockey anymore. We don't really need to talk to each other. We've all kind of drifted apart. We don't learn. I don't think we learn what happened to Carp, Peter, Terry, um, Tammy, and Tommy. Am I missing anybody? Peter, Carp, Terry, uh, Tommy, and Tammy. I don't think I, I, five, right? Because we had Julie, we had Gaffney, we had Ken Wu, we had Portman, we had. Um, Louise and Dwayne. So there's five. Okay. Thank goodness they didn't lose any more players. Hey. I mean, I get it in a way because they do have Goldberg, so he's kind of the a um, he's a heavy set kid. Apparently, in the '90s, every '90s sports film had to have at least one heavy set kid, or you know, at least a couple. But for this sequel, it's like, no, we 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 don't need Carp. He didn't really have a lot going for him. We got the goofy Goldberg goalie. Which, if you guys read the news about what happened to the guy who played Goldberg, it's not good. I saw um, a news thing, and I showed my husband. He's like, who's that guy? I'm like, that was the guy who played Goldberg. And he looks, it was a mugshot. Um... And his, he just looked like he'd age 40 years. I mean, he looked like an old grizzled senior citizen who'd had a hard life. But that guy is like maybe like a couple years older than I am. And that, guys, that shit, that fucking mess will mess you the fuck up. Not just your body, but your mind. I mean, I see, you know, you see on IMDb, his his picture, he's lost a lot of weight since, you know, he was like a 12 to 14 year old in these movies. But like I said, guys, that shit will fuck you up, I'm sure. I've seen the pictures. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. So, all right, let's go to Charlie. Let's see him round up the ducks. Let's see what we got left. <laughs> what everyone's got going on this summer. Alright, we get a little peeky peek inside of uh, Charlie's room. We got uh, the framed picture of the Star Tribune. Minnesota Miracle Ducks beat Hawks. A bunch of other things hockey related. Uh, 
framed picture of Gordon from the first movie. He's got one of those shadow boxes that is holding his old jersey, which he's going to be wearing that in a minute, so he'll have to take that out of the shadow box. He's got like a little cork board up, too. Oh, he's got a lava lamp, too. Bunch of different baseball caps, some pennants up. He's got his old computer. Apparently, he's. It's summertime. You're working on homework? Are you in summer school? What's going on? Maybe he's keeping a journal. Maybe he's contemplating his 14-year-old, 13-year-old life. Because I think they're like, they're 12 in the first movie, they're 13 in this one, and then they're 14 when they go to Eaton Hall. Even with headphones on, because this is before, I mean, earbuds really weren't too much of a thing. You still had the headphones with the foam on the ear just that eventually if you wear them so often the foam would start to wear away and then that hard plastic would dig in ears this is talking this is me talking from when i was like 11 12 years old listening to headphones that once you got the pair that came with the walkman and then once the foam started to wear away because of overuse you're pretty much stuck with it. <laughs> Same thing when um, the um, the cord would start to short out, and I'd have to like push like the adapter part that would go plug into it. I'd have to like push it up against the seat of the bus to kind of like get the the music to play. Yeah. But anyway, he hears the duck call, and it's like, "Hey, Charlie, come out to your window." He recognizes that. Did he ever... I don't remember him ever using that duck call thing in the first movie. And I think that's something that I would have heard. He's like, hey, you want to play some hockey? Alright, he's got... He's definitely... You know, he's taller, a little slimmer. He's lost the baby fat. So, I don't know. Maybe he got... that. Maybe that duck's jersey just... I mean, even in the sequel he's wearing it, it's like you grow even more. I don't think that's how jerseys work. They don't grow with you over time. Eventually you would. Even Kevin Arnold outgrew that Jets jacket over the course of three seasons in the Wonder Years. By season four, he had to wear like a blue members only jacket because that old Jets jacket just didn't fit anymore. So of course, the first one he picks up is Jesse, who is... Doing a little uh, pickup hockey game, roller hockey game at the park. So at least he's keeping up with the hockey. But apparently, uh, and Banks is keeping up with the hockey. But nobody else is keeping up with the hockey. And Jesse's voice has changed a little, gotten a little deeper. Oh, yeah, Charlie's, hey, Jesse, guess what? We're back. And they're like, all right, let's go get Averman, who's at the mall. They pass by their old school, Emerson School. Sure, they like give it a big old fuck you. See you in September. I'm out of school. <laughs> we hear like a security guard or something. Like, oh, what are you kids doing over there? You can't skate in the Mall of America. But apparently, what are you gonna do? They're on skates and you're on foot. What are you gonna do? Run after them? Whose voices are these that are speaking over top? Like, hey, cool, man. Who the hell is that supposed to be Charlie and Jesse? Because they don't sound like them. We got the general cinema where, of course, 
Averman's working for the summer. He's got a job. Because at 14 or 13, you could work. I think nowadays you got to be, the youngest you can be is what, like 16, 17? To get like a job somewhere. But I think a lot of places want you to be at least 18. I'm sure there are some places that even frown on hiring high school kids. Just because... Probably they get a bad rep. You know, kids call in. They quit after a week after they get their first paycheck. They don't, you know, they're not reliable. So that probably makes business like, well, we can't not hire them because we don't want to look like we're against hiring high schoolers, even though we kind of want to be restrictive. But Averman hears the duck call. And like, come on, Averman, come with us. We're going to get the team back together. And he's like, but, 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 free movies. I get free movies. What is that movie? Is that, what is that one, like, another stakeout, right? Holy mo! I was right. I've never seen, but I knew this had Emilio Estevez. It's right behind Averman's shoulder when he's working at the movie theater. It's the same movie poster. Richard Dreyfuss, you know, their binoculars with his eyes staring out of it. Richard Dreyfuss, Emilio Estevez, who plays Gordon Bombay in this movie, and Rosie O'Donnell. Two immature detectives are joined by a pesky assistant district attorney, oh god, in staking out a lakeside home where a mafia trial witness is believed to be heading. We got Richard Jarvis, Emilio Estevez, Rosie O'Donnell, Marcia Strausman from Honey, I Shrove the Kids. Yeah, she passed away. Wow, that was almost six years ago. It'll be six years ago this year. Kathy Moriarty's in that movie. Um,. Miguel Ferreira, who is in blank check. There's a lot of a lot of names here that. Uh... Okay, let's get back with the movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm like, I know that. How funny! And I looked at IMDb. It's there's nothing about it in the credits. The thing is, I wouldn't have noticed that. I've seen these movies so many times, but on closer viewing, when I'm viewing these for the podcast, I do pick up on things I wouldn't have noticed otherwise didn't take much convincing to get Averman to join them on their little duck call journey. Of course they're going to, um, while they're in the Mall of America, skating around people, not knocking people down, but they're going to take this guy's hat and what, his drink or pizza? This guy's just hanging out, he's got his drink, he's got his plate with the pizza on it. Averman takes his hat, but doesn't take the pizza or the, uh, drink. Alright. Now we gotta go get Connie and Guy, which isn't gonna be too hard because they're actually together about to kiss. It's not like they didn't kiss at the end of the first movie, like, like really going at it on the ice, like, good, you guys are on skates. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) they're at this waterworks place that's got water just pouring in from all, you know, uh, like a, a dam or something. Maybe not, not Hoover Dam, but some waterworks facility. Apparently, this is romantic. And you can tell it's romantic because he's holding her hand, and the underscoring's got a little uh, poppy, romantic, sensational type music. She's wearing cut off jeans. They have like red patches, and then on the back pocket, it's got like a little flower power petal on the back. We continued this little romance even in the third movie. 
See, even Gee, everyone's gotten taller, their voices have gotten deeper. Gee's like wearing a red t-shirt with some vest over top that's got some integral um, tribunal designs. He's also wearing like a bunch of scarves around his neck, so I don't know what look they're actually trying to give him. In the first movie, he was wearing a, um, I'm not sure what type of hat it was. And it wasn't a beanie, but it was some type of signifying hat that I can't think of at the moment. But he leans in to kiss her, and then, of course, Charlie's got to, he's got to be a buzzkill here. Or cock blocker, if you will. <laughs> like, oh, man. And Gee, of course, like, oh, this is close. It's like, come on, you guys have kissed a hundred times. How is this any different? Unless it's like, it's official. I want you to be my girlfriend. Oh, pointing like <laughs> And of course, everyone's the quack attack. The quack attack is back, Jack. Harry's all grabbing Gee's hand. Like, Come on, let's go. And he's like, oh, guys, oh, this close. Tell what, cop in a feel? You've already kissed her. Like, this is crazy. They're going through a construction site. So now there's Charlie Averman. Jesse, Gee, and Connie. So one, two, three, four, five. They gotta get Banks. They gotta get Averman. I don't know about. I think that might be it. God, this was so. I mean, I get it. They do it for the laughs. Is this supposed to be reminiscent of when they got that guy with that dollar and that purse and that dog shit? And then the guy chased him through a construction site? And the guy ended up landing on a pipe that fucking busted his balls. <laughs> I mean, the worst that Charlie does is jump over this, like, crane thing and knock someone into a wheelbarrow of cement. Not only that, but as the cement is pouring from a cylinder onto this guy. Like, the fuck? You kids are so inconsiderate. What if he got a mouthful of cement, this dude? <laughs> Whatever fucking reason. It, the guy's like, wow. And then you see Charlie, wow. Like, so, like, scream, like, wow. Wow. Like, okay, that's enough caffeine for you. Now we're going to Goldberg's Delicantessen. Of course, I got a framed photo of Goldberg from the first Mighty Ducks movie, and there's a little sign in red font that says, Our son, the goalie. I bet they get the best food there. What does it say? Goldberg's special is chopped duck liver on rye? Ugh, I don't know if I like that. Alright, so we got Charlie, Gee, Averman, Connie, and Jesse all trying to get Goldberg's attention, which isn't too hard because they're sticking their mouths on the glass. Kind of like a throwback to when they're doing the same thing with, uh, when they first met Gordon Bombay and they were all like crowding around outside of his limo and they're all like putting their mouths on the glass. And what? That is just, it, this sounds so nasty and gross. You don't know what stains are on when that glass has been you know, windows been washed and wiped down. It looks like you got disgusting smudges and you're putting your mouths on it. I never got the appeal. I never did that. I never did that. All right, now they've added Goldberg to their collection of ducks. Now we got to get Banksy or Banks. 
or cake eater if you're Jesse. It's funny. I just realized the lineup is in ex- the exact exact order that they uh, like. We got Charlie, then we got Jesse, then Averman, then Connie and Gee, and then Goldberg. So they stop by, and Adam Banks is, of course, you only see part of his house. It's brick, and it's just, yeah, he clearly lives in the ritzy-ass neighborhood. And he's playing with, you know, on his rollerblades, he's playing hockey, and he's got, in his driveway, like, a little goalie net set up with, like, a wooden cutout of a goalie, and he puts it right between the legs, because, you know, it's a cardboard wooden goalie that can't move. <laughs> but of course like hey come with us cake eater you want to play some real hockey he's like yeah and of course it's like yeah like because they're like 13 and their voices are all getting you know cracking and he's also wearing a canary yellow shirt I think it's one of those Izod shirts with a polo player but the thing about it is just because his hair is kind of a a light red blonde, like strawberry blonde color, and almost kind of the shirt makes his skin looks kind of washed out a little bit. I didn't say that Charlie was saying this line, but you see Adam is the one who's saying it's an international competition, it's basically us against the world. And of course, Goldberg's like, hey man, bring him on, we're ready. Ready, my ass. We find out they haven't been doing jack shit. As far as training in any... I mean, the only ones, if you want to say Jesse and, you know, Banks are the only ones that are doing any form of any type of... I mean, I don't know what the hell Charlie's been doing. Putzing around in his room, listening to music, doodling on notebook paper. (laughs) Working at the skate shop. That's probably about as close to hockey as he's been in, like, six months. Goldberg and Averman got jobs. Connie and Guy are too busy making out with each other. Of course, someone claps Goldberg on the back, and then Goldberg, being the clumsy oaf that he fucking is, tumbles down a grassy hill and lands on a blanket in the park with two people that are going to be consuming what the uh, food from a picnic basket. Like, ugh. I always gotta get the, you know, the fat jokes. Like, oh, look at him tumble down a grassy hill and land on a blanket with a couple. Holy fucking nut nut. Who the fuck is this blonde boy? I've never seen his ass before. I know the other fucking two. I take it to the blonde haired kid in the peach colored Izod shirt is um like a Banks replacement. But of course, they're still fucking butthurt because they lost the championship over the Ducks. Of course, this is going to be our introduction into the return of Fulton. Because they don't pick Fulton up. Fulton actually saves their asses. And they don't know anything about it. Good grief, everybody, with their fucking deep voices. It's been, what, six months? Their balls all finally dropped? I mean, except for Connie. So, this Hawks Trio's idea of, quote-unquote, let's do something about it, because they're doing something about it with the fishing line. Oh, because they have fishing poles. They're going to take the fishing line, since all the ducks they see are on rollerblades, and they're just going to trip them. (laughs) 
that's your worst that you can do, give me a fucking break. No wonder you guys suck. No wonder you lost with your ass of a coach. What's he doing at the other end of a bottle in a bar somewhere? Maybe he's locked up behind bar. Who knows? I say good riddance to his ass. Of course, they're behind some kayaks that are turned upside down. Like, oh, they're sitting ducks. <laughs> and you call them stupid, you fucking dum-dums. Another duck pun. One order, large order of shredded duck coming up. If anything, they're going to trip. That's all. They're not going to die. They're not going to get broken limbs. It'll be fine. Then we hear a deep voice from out of nowhere. They won't know what hit them. A blonde-haired Banks replacement and think, <laughs> I know. Like, where the fuck did that voice come from? Of course, we get Fulton, who I don't know, they, like, deepened his voice or something, because that does not sound like him. He's a 13-year-old boy with the voice of a, like, 30-year-old man. So he decides to de-pants all the, or de-pants them, basically strip them down to their boxers and tie them to a tree. He tied all three of them to a tree in their boxers. Thank goodness. And then, of course, he's like, hey, that'll teach you to mess with the ducks. And all the other kids see him and they're cheering. Yeah. And Connie's wearing a tank top that says Minnesota Twins on it. And here we go with the quack, 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 quack. Is oh, Gordon's wearing his Coach Bombay jacket. If he could just do something about that hair. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I want 1991 peewee hockey uh, attorney Gordon Bombay here. They're all chanting ducks, 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 ducks. Eight ducks. And people just walking around the streets wondering who the, what the fuck's going on. Hey, welcome back, ducks. I really missed you guys. Are you ready to fly? And they're all like, yeah, let's do this. Goldberg's wearing a Philadelphia Flyers t-shirt. Oh my goodness. Here we go with a major throwback with the limo. Only it's not Gordon Bombay. It's Tibbles. Mr. Tibbles. Sounds like Kibbles. Jesse's like can't be from this neighborhood. But he's part of Hendrick's Hockey Apparel. Hey, I'm your official sponsor. Does anybody want a card? And all the kids are like, yeah, I'll take a business card. Sweet. They all want to get in the limo. Like, if that's what it takes to get a to, to get a card to get into that limousine, I will take one gladly. So basically, it's all business mumbo jumbo about Gordon getting paid to represent Hendrix. And the team's going to be wearing the Hendrix label and the jerseys. Especially for being part of the Goodwill Games and everything. It's basically a win-win for both of them. Gordon gets paid a shit ton. We don't know the amount. We don't need to know the amount. Just, he's like, okay, uh, you get, you had me at this whatever. <laughs> okay, so we get another. It seems like in the movie we always get these newspaper headings. We have championship ducks to make... To make core of something. You got Lester Averman, Adam Banks, Charlie Conway, Ger- Guy Germain, Greg Goldberg, Connie Moreau, Fulton Reed, Jesse Hall. Oh, and we got some new ducks to join the flock. 
We got Julie Gaffney, Lee, Louise Mendoza, Dean Portman, Dwayne Robertson, Ken Wu. So the Ducks are in their Ducks jerseys. Surprisingly, they still all fit. They must have had them, like, um, tailored to for the kids to have room to grow because they're all, all these kids are taller. So... Gordon wants to know, tell me about my new kids here. Who are they? Where are they from? What their special talents are other than the fact that they can play hockey. Alright, so Luis Mendoza, or as we would all know him from 1993's The Sandlot, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. He was the shit in The Sandlot. In D2, he's... I'm not going to call him a klutz. He just, his problem is he can't stop. Then why the fuck do you have him on this damn Team USA team? That's going to be a problem. That's something you should have worked on. He's from our Miami club, as Tibble says. He's a real speedster, incredible skater. He's from South Miami. Get this, like, Zorro, Speedy Gonzalez type of... Um, bull in the bullfighter type music. Lee, uh, Tibbles has clocked him at 1.9 seconds, blue line to blue line. It's got some cha-cha music going on. Of course, <laughs> the other ducks, you know, you got Gee and Connie and Averman. Like, hey, good looking skater. Averman's like, yeah, very good looking. What do you think, Gee? Of course, he's like, shut up, Averman. Especially, I mean, if Connie and Guy are dating and Averman's like, hey, who, do you think that guy's hot over there? Like, the hell? Can't fucking stop. Good grief. I mean, he's cute and all, but if that's going to be his issue, which Gordon's like, if that's his only problem, don't, we can, we can work on that shit. Don't worry. Of course, the newbies all kind of crowd around uh, Louise like, hey, man, here, let me help you up. You all right? He's like, oh, yeah, as he takes his helmet off. I almost had it that time. Well, you actually didn't because you hit the boards. Of course, now we got Dwayne Robertson and Jesse like, hey, look, it's Hop Along Gretzky. Because he comes in, Dwayne comes in wearing a cowboy hat. Hey, how is everyone? You all right? You play some puck? The kids are cracking up at this dude. This guy's from Austin, Texas. He's apparently the best puck handler that Tibbles has ever seen. And Gordon's like, you mean for his age, right? And Tibbles is like, oh, uh, no, I don't. All the kids are kind of like, okay, that's kind of impressive. I mean, uh, Banks and Charlie are like, oh, okay, nice. We can always use, you know, they're, Tibbles has picked these kids for certain characteristics that they have. We got Julie the Cat Gaffney, which is always good to have an extra goalie on hand in case the other one needs to sit out for a hot bit. We know how shitty of a goalie Goldberg was in the first one. You're going against other teams from other states and other nations. On the state championship for Maine three years in a row. Gordon's like, hey, look, we got a goalie, Goldberg. And we see Goldberg all like, hey, man, I'm the man, I'm the man. And he pulls a fucking groin muscle or some bullshit. He can't get his ass up off the ice. You fuck. This bullshit again. With fucking Goldberg. I say dump his ass and put Julie in there. 
Because at one point, Tibbles is like, hey, you're going to be playing Iceland. You're going to need her ass there. This loaf of bread, he can warm the bench. Because at a point, it's going to be like, Hendrix is going to back winners. You guys are really sucking, which means that you are fucking up our image. And we don't need that. It was like, alright, check out the cat, Gaffney, here. And she is, like, on fire. She's hit, getting the pucks with the glove, with the stick. She is, she's, she's going for it. She's got the good. She's got the moves. Of course, Gordon's like, well, we could use a backup. <laughs> More like a permanent position. Another famous face. We got Ken Wu, who Gordon recognizes as the kid from the Olympics, the figure skater. And Tibbles was able to convince Ken Wu that hockey had more of a future than figure skating. And Tibbles says, hey, we've been, we put a stick in his hands and nobody's been able to touch him. Next up, we got Portman. We thought that Fulton was a mean, lean, rude dude, but uh, here we got his counterpart, or I shall say the half of what will be known as the Bash Brothers, Fulton and Portman. And Fulton looks like a 25-year-old guy. It looks like he's on the roids. I mean, this guy is... But I, I say this guy is least over... He's not 13. He's not 14. He is not even 17. He is a 25-year-old man. His Walkman on. He's listening to the rock music. He is just like... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Body checking people left and right as he goes out of the ice. <clears throat> this kid's got a tattoo. This is, and even Gordon's like, this guy's a teenager. That guy's not a fucking teenager. <laughs> that is a grown twenty-five-year-old man. Did you pick him up in a bar somewhere? What the fuck did you? A construction site? Yeah, the guy goes right up to freaking. Charlie and Banks were just standing there and just shoves Charlie to the ground as he's singing about everything's on fire. But Tibbles chocks it up to hormones, more like roids. And Gordon's like, look, he's a goon. I don't want that shit on my team. But then, okay, this is where Tibbles brings up the whole Iceland thing. Like, you're going to be going up against guys that are, like, right out of high school. They're going to be big. You're going to need Portman because he's an enforcer. Oh! Even, I mean, he goes and shoves another person. And then we got him slinging an arm around who uh, Dwayne, who he calls Tex. He's like, hey, Tex, sing it with me. <laughs> you know the words. And poor Dwayne is like shaking in his skate. His, his skate's like, no, get away from me. <laughs> Keep shoving people down. What the fur? And he throws a stick and says, Here you go, sweetie, to to Julie. <laughs> Gordon's like, you know, my kids don't play that kind of hockey, for crying out loud. This is where Tibble says, I believe they're called enforcers, Gordon, and when you play Iceland, you're going to need him. He even takes Ken Wu and... Just plops his ass on top of the goalpost. Like, here you go, kid. Fulton's had enough. He's like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? And they get into it. Like, all the ducks go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the five other people. And you know Goldberg's like, oh, you're the kid, Gaffney. <laughs> like, fuck you, Goldberg. You don't stand a chance. 
got Banks arguing with Dwayne. You guys are... <laughs> what? Finally, Gordon's like, hey, enough, enough. Everyone freeze. So he's going to have them go through uh, some exercises to get to know each other or get to uh, work together. And he ties them all together. Like with a rope. Yeah, he's of course going to lecture them first before he ties them all together. It's like, we didn't come here to fight. We came here to play hockey. We are Team USA now. You represent your country. The United States of America. Of course, Gordon's trying to give these kids a pep talk. But Tibbles keeps breaking in like, oh my gosh, that's right. We are the United States of America. We are Team USA. And it's like every bit... He's got to, like, add a little commentary to Gordon's words. It's like, okay, enough. Enough. Get. Do you need to be here? Do you need to be here anymore? I see the kids. You've introduced me to them. You show me what they can do. You can just kind of fuck off until I need you later. Thank you. Bye, Tibbles. Mr. Tibbles. So, yeah. Uh, Gordon's going to put them through the paces. Have them scrimmage. See what they can do working together. And, of course, we hear about Miss McKay who's going to be the tutor for the team but it's, it's summertime what the hell why would they they're, it's summer they don't need to be in school are you fucking kidding me with this shit if I were a kid I'd be like hey I start school three months from now I don't start school during the summer unless I'm forced to take it so we got facing off Jesse and Dwayne and Dwayne just like, hey, sure, nice day for hockey, isn't it? And of course, Jesse's like, sure is, cowboy. Dwayne just slices that puck right between Jesse's legs and just goes for it. It's like, dude, Jesse. Yeah, Luis Mendoza, of course, as we've said, he can't stop. So he goes charging for the goal or the puck. It's like, dude, slow the fuck down. And even Goldberg's like, hey, man, slow down, slow down. Take it easy. You're going to, boom, right into the net with Goldberg. I think he's got all that padding. So this is the, the point in the scrimmage where Gordon asks, haven't you guys been training in the off season?" And, of course, Averman, who's slugging down a water bottle, is like, oh, I knew we forgot something. <sighs> well, that's the thing, though. Who's to say that even they weren't even going to originally want to play peewee hockey if this hadn't been offered to them? I mean, unless you're planning on playing for another year, you're not going to train. Unless you're really dedicated about your craft and you want to continue. Right, Adam Banks gets one past Gaffney the cat. Good for her. I mean for him. I'm sorry. Sucks for her. Well, apparently Tibbles was going to bring Miss McKay to see the kids that day. He's like, oh, wait, you meet these kids? They're just fantastic. Of course, Fulton lines up a shot. All the ducks know about Fulton and know what he's capable of with his shots. New kids don't know that. And, of course, Mr. Tibbles takes a puck right to the forehead. Knocks him O-U-T. So here's another fucking throwback. Like we had with Carp, where he got hit in the head with a puck. He's like, I don't want to go to school today, Mom. Now we get the same thing with Tibbles. He comes to, he's got an ice pack on his head. And he's like, oh, I'll have the cheeseburger fries and a chocolate shake, please. It's like, stupid. I 
don't like this Tibbles guy. He's a fucking wiener. I gotta say, the lady who plays Miss McKay is like a... I mean, she's cute and all. She's pretty. She's like a poor lady's Lori Loughlin. She honestly looks like if they made another TV movie about uh, behind the scenes of Full House and they needed a Lori Loughlin lookalike, they would go with this lady. Because I'm sure that's what I was thinking when I saw this movie. I'm like, oh, that looks like um, Aunt Becky from Full House, but it's not. Shell McKay, the kid's tutor. At no point do the kids like, um, it's summer. We're not in school. Why the fuck do you need to be here? So apparently, Miss McKay is going to be a barely existent love interest. Because, of course, since Charlie's mom remarried, she's not going to be traveling with the team or anything like that. So, they need to have some... But then, of course, we get the Iceland chick, the trainer for the Iceland team, that goes after Gordon as well. Banks is the first one to say, who says we need a tutor? And all of them are like, yeah, really. And someone's like, I don't need no school. Carmen's like, I don't need no school. <laughs> Goldberg, get your nasty, sweaty self off of Miss McKay. He slings a shoulder. He's behind her, slings a shoulder around her arm. Or uh, an arm around her shoulder. Like, we're America's team here. Shouldn't we just be concentrating on hockey? Like, hey, shouldn't I? May I suggest optional attendance? And she's like, yeah, I mean, you could suggest that. School will be optional. However, because the kids are cheering, she's like, however. Should you not attend, you will be ineligible to play. Why in the fuck do they need a tutor? It's summertime. I say go fuck yourself. I <laughs> I don't need. I, I I did my nine months. I'll be starting two months from now. I don't need the shit. <laughs> you know, Averman. Averman annoys everybody because all the kids are kind of walking back, and Averman's like. His head, his height is right around, like, shoulder length with Portman, who's wearing, like, a cut-off shirt. And apparently he's got a tattoo. <laughs> and he's like, hey, is that a tattoo? Is it real? <laughs> and Portman just looks at him like, get away from me. And Portman's like, yes, sir, I gotta play. This is just too dang funny. Is that a tattoo? Is it real? Get away from me. Yes, sir. So, she, Miss McKay and Gordon are just kind of doing the chit-chat introduction here. And she's like, well, I'm just here to tutor the kids and provide them with a little adult supervision. Um, I don't have a problem with adult supervision. That's great. It's always good to have another set of eyes on deck, right, with these kids. Because they're, like, fucking 13. They're going to get into crazy antics. But fuck the tutoring. Unless it's specified by the parent. I mean, unless it's a state law that the kids, if they're doing a sport, they need to have a tutor. <sighs> they're already in school in the first fucking film. They're going to be completely surrounded in school in the third. Because they're going to go to, like, Eaton Academy or some shit. Don't supervision my ass. You just failed because three of them just bashed into the rink with a fucking Zamboni. How much thousands of dollars of damage did that just cost? With your engines here to supervise the kids. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Fulton, Gee, and Jesse. Oh my god.
Oh, of course, it's so awesome. <laughs> Nothing's on fire. The thing didn't, the Zamboni didn't catch on fire. They're all like slapping high five. Like, hey, you all right? Yeah. <laughs> like, the Zamboni is fucking huge. It almost looks like a mini semi truck. And the fact that this thing could have killed both Gordon and Miss McKay if it didn't stop just after it crashed through the boards onto the rink. They just, they look up now and they realize, like, Bombay and Miss McKay are, oh, Bombay McKay, that's interesting. That, that they've been spotted, yeah. Oh, Fulton is <laughs> wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt. Of course, they apologize, like, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry. And it's like, oh, we're okay. It's like, well, no shit, we can see you're okay. You were slapping high fives a half a second ago. <laughs> okay, now we get the whole, let's tie all the kids together, because they're wearing blue and red training jerseys and when you know what 13 year old kids they are going to they probably stink they've been you know running laps in the rink and doing things they're gonna stink they're gonna smell nothing worse smells worse than teenage boys who don't know how to apply deodorant properly or wear it <laughs> Dwayne's like this is more crowded than a truckload of goats of course, Gaffney's like, somebody better watch their hands. And I bet it's Portman, because Portman is, like, practically right behind Julie. Oh, wait, no, Jesse is actually, either that or it's Averman, one of them. Ew, someone licked the back of, I don't think anybody licked the back of your neck, you sick fuck. I was like, oh, I smell something. And immediately the ducks are like, Goldberg, the fuck with you? Of course, Portman lifts up his arms like, yeah, it was me. Ew. Okay, it's not just the ducks. It's Ken Wu and Julie the Cat Gaffney are all like, Goldberg. Oh, Louise and Dwayne, too. So they all know that Goldberg's got a fucking gas attack issue. Goldberg's like, it wasn't me. And of course, Portman's like, no, it was me. <laughs> like, sniff my bits. <laughs> they reek. Yeah, he's got them all roped together. And he's like, I don't know how to make this any clearer. You guys are a team, and until you work as one, you're going to have to skate as one. Good luck. So it seems like we got Portman, who's telling everyone to go to the right, and then Fulton's like, who made you the boss? Everyone to their left. So it seems like Portman is trying to get in on commanding everybody. Fulton is like, no, no, no. The ducks outnumber the new people by at least three. So you're going to listen to what I say. And of course, what happens? They all fall down. Well, at least now that uh, they're all learning to move together as one. Kind of interesting how now that they're getting it, it's kind of funny because like the couple in the middle could just like not do anything and just be so like carried along by the rest of them. I mean, who would really know? Other, I mean, it reminds me of when um, Jeremy and I were on our honeymoon. We got one of those tandem bicycles. And I was in the back. And, of course, Jeremy said later on that he could tell when I wasn't pedaling. Because all of a sudden it got that much harder to pedal. Like, you're not doing your fair share back there. So now, of course, they put in the work. And Gordon's saying, all right, it's time to have fun now. Hey, Rancher Dwayne, why don't you round me up some straight cattle there? So, yeah, he's, isn't this a bit dangerous? These kids are skating and then... Dwayne's going to try to uh, lasso them so they fall on their faces. They better be wearing... They're not even going to wear, like, helmets. 
Yeah, they're just having a fun time. Now they're doing some line dancing. <laughs> Must be per Dwayne's request. Oh, all the song Let's Work Together plays. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so funny! Because even Timbles and McKay are sitting on the bench and he's getting into a clapping and making these weird, like, faces. And she, she's just looking like, oh my gosh! And then we have, we got Bombay there who's just like, <laughs> making funny faces. And he's like, okay, that's enough. Turn the music off. I'm done. <laughs> But the kids, sorry, the kids just really seem to just have, a, they're having a good time. Uh, remember when they were in the back of the Wheaties bot or when um, sports, fa- do they still do that? I have not eaten Wheaties since I was like eight years old. That stuff sogs so fast. And it's almost like Wheaties are like the opposite of cornflakes. Instead of like a wheat flake, it's a cornflake. They both sog so easily. And it just... I haven't looked at a Wheaties box in ages, but it always seemed they'd have, like, whatever metal Olympiast was on the box. Like, that was the highest esteem you could get would be to get on the cover of a Wheaties box. It's got some really shit pictures of the kids wearing, like, red and blue and white starred windbreakers with the white t-shirts with the red USA on them. The pictures just look of them on the box just looks weird. I mean that that looks like the kids without makeup, like without the movie makeup on. Especially you can't even tell that one there is Charlie. I'm like, who is that kid? Okay, kids, you can go sans movie makeup for this one. I'd be like, that better not be going on a real box. I want to do over for that picture. It looks like shit. Oh my gosh! Averman's actually sitting next to Portman? That is weird. <laughs> he just like barked at him to go away the last time. <laughs> of course, Dwayne's like, hey, y'all, that's us! And of course, Fulton's like, duh, we know that. <laughs> okay, um, Hendrix guy, Tibbles is getting a little too much. It's like, First, it's the Wheaties box. Then, tomorrow, it's like video games, action figures, lunch boxes, the sky's the limit. Okay, seriously? Video games, a- action figures? Come on, lunch boxes? When's the last time I saw someone carrying a lunch box? I get, you know, the ones of like the hockey players, like the Wayne Gretzky's and stuff like that is one thing, but. These are just kids. He wants to get the kids all worked up in a frenzy and excited so that way they'll push themselves that much harder to be the best. Because, you know, their image, you know, Hendrix is the image for Team USA. You're not the Ducks right now. You're Team USA. And Charlie is probably going to be, out of all, is the one that's got the biggest problem when they reveal what the jerseys are going to look like. What is this hat that he is wearing? It's the one he wore from the first movie. And I, it's like got some intricate design on it. The jersey is blue with, you know, red. It's basically red, white, and blue. And here we go with Charlie. Oh my gosh, I don't like that. It's not the Ducks anymore. Oh yeah, Hendrix had to really get their name up there right along the, uh, running down the side of the sleeve there. The kids are all excited. Well, everybody but Charlie. And they're all like, oh my gosh, give me mine! (laughs) Because 
Charlie's sitting next to Gordon, like, that's nice, Coach, but we're ducks. This stuff says Hendrix all over it. The fuck? Kid! You are playing. You are Team USA while you're being represented in the Junior Goodwill Games. You aren't going there as the ducks. They didn't want the ducks. They want you to be Team USA. Yeah, as Gordon points out, there are sponsors, Charlie. For the Goodwill Games. You need to get with it, buddy. In your heart, you will always be a duck. And he even has problems like in the third movie, Charlie does. Like, oh my gosh, we're the ducks. Why are we the eating warriors? Eh. USA ducks, please. And he's even like trying to reason with Gordon who's got no fucking say in this. Like, what makes you think that I... Did I have any pull in this? I have no pull. We're not going to keep the duck's name. We're not going to use their colors. Right now we're using what we're being paid to use. And that is Hendrix. Team USA. Get with it, Charlie. So we get a little history lesson about Greece. And, of course, how the people there played sports for a matter of pride. And... Of course, Fulton is like, well, did America always dominate? And Miss McKay says, well, no, because it wasn't around back then. And that America was still growing, and America, in a way, it was kind of like a teenager like you. Uh-huh, great. All right, now we're flying out to L.A. for the Goodwill Games. The kids are, of course, wearing their red, white, and blue windbreakers with their Team USA t-shirts underneath. And they're just taking everything in. Like, wow, this is so amazing. So, apparently the Ducks, this is not the first time for Team USA. This is the second time for them represented by the, the, the Mighty Ducks. And then, of course, the they said the 10th seed Trinidad. So then this is the 10th team to represent Trinidad in the Junior Goodwill Games. We go right into it with the, against Trinidad. There we go. We get Keenan Thompson, who is a heckler. Just, I don't think you would be allowed to be talking to the teammates while they're hanging out in the the bench area waiting to go out onto the ice. You would not be able to have conversations with them. But, of course, Russ here, played by Keenan Thompson, is a heckler. He's constantly heckling Jesse saying, you suck, you're representing USA, you need to really show yourself and represent. Gordon already is starting to really grab on to the image of representing Hendrix and everything. And he's becoming less fun Gordon Bombay and more... I'm an asshole with District 5. He's like, all right, Jesse, quit gabbing there with the crowd and go out on the ice and show me that you want it, son. It's like, the f- Son? Now he's- What in the f- So, of course, Jesse goes on the ice, and, of course, Russ is, like, heckling Gordon. Like, hey, yeah, show us you want it, son. (laughs) Clap, clap, clap. And Gordon just turns and looks at the kid like, Oh, you got a mouth on you, boy. And Russ knows, like, you need to get the fuck out of there or you're going to be thrown out. You don't heckle the coaches. You don't heckle 
the players. You have nothing to do with them. You're there to watch. And you're there to cheer them on. Can't do that? Then why don't you go home and watch MTV? You know, back in the 90s when they played music videos instead of... uh, I don't even know what they play anymore. I don't have cable. I mean, a lot of it was mostly, what, reality shows? Teen Mom, Teen Mom 2, Teen Mom OG... Oh, Jesse ends up tripping over a Trinidad player and sliding right into the goal. And, of course, he probably thinks, like, oh, he did that on purpose and starts, you know, pushing him and stuff. It's like, well, that's going to get your ass in the penalty box now. Way to go. Basically, he's letting his attitude and his irritation over the confrontation with Russ start to fuck with his head. And he's not paying attention out there. If he hadn't have been thinking about Russ being a a jerk and blah, 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 he would have been able to not trip over that person and have this happen. Two minutes for roughing. Of course, what the? Russ is right there by the penalty box. Like, <laughs> they need to throw that fucking kid out. Get him out of there. He's distracting the players. They need to focus and you're not helping them. All right. Now we get to see the Bash Brothers doing nothing. Woo! Fist bumping each other like, let's do this. Kick some ass on the ice. Crap, have they, I don't even think they've gotten the Bash Brother reputation just yet. But the crowd is like, really getting to their feet and just clapping and excited and everything. It's like, you haven't even seen the Bash Brothers in action yet. And you're already like, oh, this is great. This is gonna be good. I can't wait to see what they do. There go, Portman scores or scores a goal along with like knocking and you know shouldering people out of the way. Get out of my way! Get out of my way! Guys, they're just the best. They're having so much fun. The audience is loving it as you know Portman scored a goal, scored a goal for Team USA. Ah, the chest bumps. <laughs> Tibbles is the one that says, hey, they're the Bash Brothers. Even the two executives are, like, laughing and clapping. Like, oh, I love this. Great publicity. Of course, Charlie notices Adam Banks looking off into the stands. Like, hey, you got a girl in the stands? And he's like, oh, no, look at those scouts. It's like, dude, you're, like, 13. Don't worry about the scouts. You need to focus on what you're doing and not be distracted when you're on the ice. Charlie, it's like, dude, don't worry about the scouts. Just play your best. That's what we're here for. Just to, you know, represent. And, you know, the scouts will be there when they're ready to, you know, I mean, they're not going to give you a college scholarship right off the bat at 13. Get Goldberg out of there! Because Trinidad just scored. How the Trinidad team has the drums there and they're just, when they score, they're just playing on the drums. That's cool. Trinidad's got some yellow, white, and pink tie-dye colors. Oh, looks like Team USA won 9-2. That ain't bad. And Gordon's like, that wasn't a game. That was a statement as everyone whoops and hollers. Yeah! Alright, looks like the Ducks. I want to call them the Ducks. <laughs> Team USA scored. Their, they won their first game against Trinidad. Good for them. And of course, Gordon's like, that wasn't a game, that was a statement. You won one game. It's only going to get harder from there. Those kids need to understand, this is not going to be a cakewalk. Might have beat out everyone in Minnesota, all the peewee hockey teams, but this is like other countries. So of course, we get another newspaper thing saying Trinidad was beat by Team USA. We got Tibbles up there. With T 
Team USA, and of course, the man chosen to lead them to the gold, Gordon Bombay. Kids are all wearing their red and light blue windbreaker jacket pant combinations. Oh, and they even get hats. Wild. Apparently, they want to... Tibbles wants to get shots with this Hendrix bear, this weird, creepy, furry-type creature. Miss McKay is all like, oh my gosh, this is such a spectacle. So, a reporter asks how Team USA feels about competing on an international level in Los Angeles. Of course, the question is either for Gordon or for the kids, because Gordon goes in because there's a bunch, like, 15 microphones in his face. He goes to lean into, like, well, um, and everyone's like, oh, it feels good, it feels great, yeah, we're great, it's great to be here, we're probably representing the United States of America. So this one lady, of course, is gonna spout the obvious when it comes to Iceland. They're a fan favorite, their coach is already guaranteed a victory. How do you feel about that? How are you going to handle him? He's like, uh, hard work? Of course, he says how he thinks the team is ready to go up against the best in the world. Of course, when you know it, who happens to be there but the coach for the Iceland team? Shit, and he's got the Iceland kids there, too. Great. They all have blonde hair. What the hell is this? So Gordon goes on about how Iceland may be tough. We're Team USA. We're going to go all the way. Of course, you see Tibbles in the audience with the two thumbs up. Like, good, this is gold. Thank you. Keep going with it. Thank you. That's exactly what we want. God, this guy is a fucking cartoon compared to Riley. This guy's like, man, Team USA's going down. That's where you're going. Of course, all the kids in Team USA are like, the fuck? Who is this dude? And basically, uh... What's his face? The Iceland coach. We don't know his name yet. It was like, see you on the ice, Bombay. Fuck off. Go away. Stanson, coach of the Iceland team. This guy, I guess, is also from the NHL. He's Wolf the Dentist Stanson. Who? Apparently Gordon's heard of him. Of course, one of the kids is like, that guy's a dentist? And Charlie actually knows about this guy. He's probably read up on him. Says, uh, yeah, he played, that's just his nickname, the dentist, um, played one year a pro, collected more teeth than goals. Ew. And apparently he punched out his own coach, and they ran him out of the league and the country. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry, Julie the Cat Gaffney is saying that they ran him out of the league and the country. This guy is a fucking showboat! He's like, what happened to freedom of speech? Isn't this America? Like, dude, you are garbage. Get the fuck out of here. Because there's clearly a guy who's in charge of the press and everything and of organizing this event. It's like, your presence here is inappropriate. You need to go. Of course, Ken Wu is all like, wow, that's his team. Those guys are huge. Well, they're probably on steroids. Of course, uh, Miss McKay's like, wow, a giant polar bear with sunglasses is part of hockey now? Like, what the hell is this weird circus shit show? <laughs> oh, this damn polar bear guy. This guy's a freak. He's like, hey there, Missy, how about a bear hug? And she's like, oh, gross. No way. This guy's probably a big, giant pervert. <laughs> and he gets his rocks off in that suit. I don't know. Ugh. So, Hendrix's way of saying thank you to Gordon for 
representing Team USA, and Hendricks, he's going to be put up in Malibu and this really hoity-toity condo, beachfront prop, I don't know. And apparently, you know, the team's going to be doing their own thing. They're going to be in that dorms, which is kind of funny because Connie and uh, Julie are the only girls on the team, so they pretty much get their own place for themselves. But then, of course, you got the majority of the team's going to be all boys, so... This place is just white walls, white for days, and floor-to-ceiling windows that overlook whatever ocean this is supposed to be. Who's pumping in that Muzak? <laughs> and Garth's like, you know, the team doesn't need me 24 hours a day. I'm sure they can take care of themselves. Yeah, it shows just how well they can take care of themselves because... Got a few boys that want to play a little shaving cream trick on Dwayne, who's sleeping. The old feather with the shaving cream thing. We got, <laughs> and so, straight in, the dark, in darkness here, we got Luis, we got Ken Wu, we got Goldberg. They're all going to pull this little, put the shaving cream in his hand, in the palm, like spray a little in the palm, tickle his nose with a feather, and watch him rub shaving cream all over his face. And, of course, he wakes up and runs after them. Now we got Fulton and Portman, who are, buds now they're total i mean you saw that on the ice the the bash brothers so they're just hanging out rocking out to some music playing air guitar breaking their beds crazy they literally these boys wasted a whole can of shaving cream on this kid's face of course gordon has to meet with more press interviews all that stuff and he meets this woman who he later learns is the trainer for the iceland team another blonde-haired person. Another, I don't even want to, this isn't really even a love interest any more than Miss McKay's love, love, love interest for him. You put these two women together and mix them together, and they're basically what Casey was, Charlie's mom, in the first movie. You got him fraternizing with Anime. You got him occasionally cozying up to Miss McKay, and yeah. So yeah, she's like, oh, your you play well. I mean, your team plays well. Of course, who comes but the wolf, whatever, Stanson or whatever the fuck his name is, comes in, speaks in Icelandic to her, basically tells her, fuck off, I don't want you fraternizing with the enemy. And apparently he knows about Bombay. And of course, Gordon's like, oh yeah, but you know the real me. <laughs> like trying to make a joke trying, he's, he's, he's being friendly he's being nice and it's just this guy's look this Icelandic coach's look could cut steel his uh, it's his, his features are so sharp and his hair is just slicked back and he just he looks like a fucking goon who wrote this guy's fucking lines the dialogue is just fucking corny as shit you're full of confidence cocky American. I like that. Ooh. So, the guy's like saying how Team USA is going to be their triumph and everything, and Gorn just kind of rolls, almost internally rolling his eyes and just like, really, look, we're all just here to have a little, and of course, Stanson says, a little fun. Right. We will. 
We will. It's like, ugh, go the fuck. Can we move on from this shit? Ugh. All right. Looks like Team USA is doing a bang up job here because they are leading six to zero against Italy. Whoa, wait. Team USA beats Italy. Bomb base team moves two to zero. That's what Team Hendricks wants to see. Of course, we get a little montage here. They want to make Gordon look good. He is the image of. Uh, Hendrix Hockey, they got him up in a suit, they're doing the pictures, they're playing Mr. Big Stuff, and it's just like, Gordon is just getting all wrapped up in this, all wrapped up in it. I think eventually this is going to go to his head, like, he's going to get a swelled head. Um, I think I see someone who was like, in the first movie when Gordon was a lawyer that was kind of going up against him. This guy, that guy is in the sequel. He's in this house that they got Gordon set up. They're having, like, a party where Tibbles is having Gordon do, like, a meet and greet with all these, like, models and uh, sports athletes, people, stuff like that. And one of them just happens to be some guy from that, that first movie who was uh, de not defending Gordon, but you know what I mean. Anyway, he was in the first movie. Let's move on. All right, this is kind of fun. We got uh, Dwayne Goldberg, Averman, and Jesse. I think it's just four of them. Yeah, they're kind of traipsing around um, Beverly Hills. Jesse's like, hey, I thought this place had hills. Where's all the hills? <laughs> so I was like, where's that 90210 school? What about the hillbillies? And where are the movie stars? Of course, Averman's, hey, wasn't that the captain from the love boat? Well, your guess is better than mine. I don't know what the guy looks like. So, yeah, they're kind of like, hey, let's go check out some stores. And Goldberg's like, great, I got to buy my mom a t-shirt. She'll love it. Oh, yeah, buy a t-shirt from Beverly Hills. She'll love it. I'm like, oh, yeah. First, they pass a couple ladies that are window shopping. And the lady says, let's think about it and go get an espresso, okay? Yeah. Oh, it's all about the drinking of the coffee. Yeah, no way in hell 14-year-old boys are going to be allowed into some fancy schmancy woman's clothes shop. You ain't, I mean, they're there to ogle. And of course, there's a security camera there. The doors are locked. You can't get in there. And they basically tell the kids to fuck off and get, get, get out of here before I call the cops. Who the hell are you? But Goldberg, Goldberg's got an ace up his sleeve here. He's like, oh, well, you know, I'd hate for Uncle Aaron. You know, I think he'd be so displeased about her treatment. And the woman is like, Aaron? Aaron Spelling? And Goldberg's like, no, Hank Aaron. Of course Aaron Spelling. You know, back when he was alive and he did 90210 and Melrose Place and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's, is it an automated thing? Because they hit a doorbell and the man says, I'm sorry, we do not allow unsupervised children into the store. Okay, so this is, <laughs> Goldberg's like, can you make an exception? And he's like, no, now go away or the police will be called. Okay, this isn't the store that they go into just yet. With the whole Aaron Spelling's nephew. Oh, look, someone's got a dog just laying on the sidewalk. Oh, oh that's so cute. Of course, <laughs> um, Dwayne's all like, if we were in Texas, this wouldn't have happened. Well, probably not. Of course. He just casually, like, leans against a car, and, of course, the alarm goes off. Oh, there's even a message on the car. It says, step back from the vehicle. You have activated the theft deterrent device. Whee! These kids are clearly out of the <laughs> their element, as we got um, a lady with a little girl who's got the dog, and then some 
don't know whether that's a woman or a man, a woman with short hair or a man or a 17-year-old. I can't tell. But everyone just kind of looks like, yeah, those kids aren't from here, clearly. <laughs> oh, now they want to fuck with the intercom people. Oh, this is, it's like they're going up to a drive-thru window and fucking with the person on the other end. And he's like, hello. And of course, everyone's like, Hi, we'd like four burgers. I know. What do you guys want to drink? And someone just starts screaming, like, I don't know, fucking kids. Okay, so it's this one here where, of course, the lady on the other end is saying we don't allow unsupervised, unsupervised children into the store. This is where Goldberg has that ace up his sleeve of, well, I'm sure Uncle Aaron would be very upset to hear we were treated with what, such disrespect. And the lady's like, Aaron? Aaron Spelling? What is the store says less habitude something or other? I love Goldberg. It's like, no, Hank Aaron. Of course, Aaron Spelling. I'd be like, perhaps you know my cousin, Tori Spelling, who's plays Donna Martin on Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, they get treated with royalty when they go in here. As the lady's like, all right, now I want you to make yourselves comfortable. Carol, can you get some bever beverages, please? Like, they are freaking royalty when they come in here. Like, hell yeah. Oh, they got some nice orange juice. Woo. <laughs> Probably got ice in it, too. Whew. They're all celebrating Goldberg's like, oh, way to go, Goldberg. Of course, this other lady's like, oh, I know you boys. And Goldberg's like, Aaron Spelling's nephew. And she's like, no, you're Team USA. Oh, kid, you didn't think you were going to get wrecked? Oh, my gosh. The fact that this didn't even come into their brain like crap you know if we're walking around we could get recognized because we're like in the papers and doing tv interviews and stuff like that like yeah okay so the lady comes back who brought them in says all right now you want something for your mother you'll want something light airy i mean it is summer after all it's like yeah in california it may feel like summer but in minnesota <laughs> i don't know what's it get like in the summer Probably not like it gets in California. Of course, this woman's got a private collection. Now, they're not just going to see clothes. They're going to see models wearing and modeling the clothes, dresses, and whatnot. These kids are basically getting a private show. So, the lady brings out different, like, at least, like, nine different dresses or more. And each time Goldberg's like, nah, I'm not really looking for that. Nah, something a little different. And she's like, well, gentlemen... Did you see anything you liked? And this is where Goldberg ends up just ruining it for himself and the guys who are enjoying the eye candy show. Goldberg's like, you know, I gotta be honest. My mom really needs a bikini. And immediately the lady is like, uh, get out of my store right now, you little brats. It gives him such a, like, narrow-eyed look. Like, you little shits. It's not like anyone else was shopping in their store, but it's like they're 14-year-old boys, 13, 14 years old. Of course they want to ogle your models. They're hormonal. They're teenagers. So you little brats don't ever come into my store again. <laughs> Anti-children. Well, they didn't want you in there to begin with. And, of course, Gordon's on the phone talking about, no, 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 it's not a sneaker, it's a street shoe. A what? Coaches wear street shoes? I mean, whatever the fuck he's trying to 
pawn on somebody. Of course, Julie Gaffney, I mean, Julie the cat Gaffney here, she's got an issue. She's not getting a lot of ice time because Goldberg, don't know how the fuck he's able to, uh, We've seen Goldberg's work. I'm not impressed. I haven't been. He he's fucking sucks. And it's like, I get where Julie's coming from. It's like, wait a minute. I came all the way from Maine, left my team to prove to my family in my hometown that I could represent Team USA, and all I'm doing is warming the fucking bench. And, of course, Gordon's like, well, we, we're winning, and Goldberg is helping us win, and, well, we can't pull him while we're winning. But don't worry, you will show your your team and your your state. You will show your your family like what you can do. What worm in the bench? Sure. <laughs> she wants to play, so she hasn't been playing. And he's like, "Well, we're on a winning streak, and I gotta stick with Goldberg as long as we're winning." Go fuck yourself. Good luck with your one goalie. Ugh. She left her team in Maine to show the world what she can do. And so far she's just showing them, hey, look at me. My ass is warming the bench in every fucking game we played. She'd get more ring time if she just went home to Maine and went back to her team. But I'm sure they probably replaced her by now. Give it time, my ass. Oh, you'll show the world. I promise. Fuck you and your promises, Bombay. I don't like his hair, man. I really don't like his hair. He's got a um, John Bender Breakfast Club look parted down the middle kind of thing going. That was all the thing in the 90s was the the middle part with the hair, you know, on the sides and stuff like that. Of course, Portman and Fulton are kind of getting their girl thing on here as they're going for a little stroll. And, of course, Portman's, hey, go talk to those pretty girls right there. He's like, oh, hey, ladies, nice night for a stroll, wouldn't you say? And the girls both, they giggle at each other and walk away. Like, <laughs> of course, guess what? So this is kind of like the Jesse and um, Peter thing when they overheard Bombay and Riley discussing about, oh, you and your bunch of fucking losers and shit like that and Gordon's all like yeah you're right they are losers they don't deserve to live you know that whole thing because now Portman and Fulton are gonna see Gordon having a little night on the town with a fucking trainer from the Iceland it's like dude you're fraternizing with the enemy you're probably giving her information that she can use against you well that the team Iceland team can use against you so this is his conversation, Gordon's conversation with the Iceland trainer. He's like, wait a minute, I thought Iceland was covered with ice. This is the biggest myth where it's Iceland is actually green and Greenland is covered with ice. Weren't they like tricking somebody or something? So they're like, oh no, no, Iceland or uh, Greenland's covered with ice or, or something to that effect. So she's like, no, Greenland is covered with ice, and Iceland is very nice. <laughs> Rhymes. <laughs> fuck you. How the fuck old is this girl? Gordon's, like, fucking 30 years old, and she's, like, 24 or 22. Give or take a couple years. So, yeah, Fulton and Portman are not impressed. Like, hey, so Iceland chick, what the fuck is he doing with her? Great coach we got, huh? Huh. Of course, the kids are all doing calisthenics, stretching, all that stuff. 
And of course, someone's like, hey, if the coach isn't here, why the hell do we have to be? It's like, we got a game tonight. We need to train. Ah, and then they start getting into a big fucking fight. They all turn on each other. So of course, Goldberg's like, hey, I say mutiny. Who's with me? So basically, he's like, hey, let's just fuck off and leave. And Dwayne's like, hey, Goldberg, I'm too tired of mutiny. Julie, of course, is like, hey, come on, guys. It's not like we couldn't use the conditioning. And then, of course, Portman's got to be all like, hey, speak for yourself, babe. Then Banks jumps in and is like, her name is Julie. Julie, not babe. Banks, step back. He actually starts approaching Portman like, hey, her name is Julie, not babe. Dude, step the fuck back. And Portman starts making his way to him, like, hey, don't tell me how to talk, rich boy. So they start shoving, and Fulton jumps in, like, hey, Portman, chill, dude. And then they start going, like, the hell? Now, basically, it's the whole team against Portman, like, dude, what the fuck? Of course, oh, here we go, we got Russ, who's like, hey, Team USA, what are you gonna do today, a million jumping jacks? <laughs> Portman's like, hey, this kid's crazier than me, and forget about him. And he turns to Fulton. It's like, dude, chill your shit. Now Jesse's like, dude, I'm getting sick of your shit. I'm getting sick of your ass. I'm getting sick of your fucking mouth. And of course, Russ is all like, hey, I'm getting sick of you guys the way you're representing USA. I think you guys need a lesson in how to play some real fucking hockey. So, of course, he brings them to, like, an inner city, uh basketball court so they can go play some roller hockey and like they learn quite a bit actually it's kind of funny because we get to see russ's brother who agrees that russ has a big mouth oh russ starts saying before the we get to that scene at the uh you know the basketball court they're gonna do the rollerblade and hockey shit it's like hey me and my boys can take you anytime anywhere and of course just like i don't see no boys i just see you and your fat your fucking mouth schoolyard puck is what russ calls it and we're gonna learn a new hockey technique first you had fulton with the unstoppable puck now we got what will be known as the knuckle puck you talking about maybe you forgot what real pride is. Of course, finally, a guy comes in. It's like, son, do you have a pass to be here? And he grabs Russ and is dragging him out. Like, dude, get your fucking hands off me. So real quick, I looked it up, and the lady who, the Iceland trainer, that woman, who's like 22, uh, who's flirting with Gordon, she's actually from Iceland. She was born there. But um, the guy who plays Wolf Stanson is actually from uh, Denmark. Actually, the guy who plays James, James is Russ's older brother. I thought that guy looked familiar. He was in Can't Hardly Wait as the Ready Whip kid. I thought he looked familiar. I know that kid. I know him from something. Of course, James lets Team USA know that Russ has given him the intel that Team USA has been choking big time on the ice, which I didn't think that was true, but whatever. Jesse, of course, is like, well, your brother's got a big mouth. And the way that James looks, the rest of the kids kind of like, ugh, Jesse, why the fuck did you have to say that? Damn it. But James is like, yeah. He looks at his brother like, yeah, he does have a big mouth, doesn't he? <sighs> so they're going to teach him a thing or two. It's going to be, it's, this is where the whoop, there it is song comes in. <laughs> and he even teaches Ken Wu because Ken's kind of a little guy. He's a little bit, he's kind of like, I guess, like, 
I think Peter was shorter, but then again, that kid eventually got a growth spurt. So, um, but he sh- James shows Ken about how to when it comes to your stick, your gloves, and then go for the other players like jersey, like go over their head and like start pulling their jersey up from the waist up towards their neck. Yeah. So like, dude, don't 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 be scared. Don't 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 worry about it, dude. It's like it's, Ken started getting a little nervous. Like he's like, hey, he's like, hey, come here, you, come here, you. And Ken's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And the guy's like, hey, he's just playing with you. No, no, no. Here's what you're gonna do. If you get into a scuffle like that, drop your stick, take off your gloves, go and grab the back of the shirt and just pull upward. It's like, all right, all right, sweet. This, you know, giving them tips, you know, they're going to be playing Iceland soon. So you gotta, you got to be ready to dig deep and uh, get mean. It's all about the intimidation, everybody. It's all about the intimidation. I learned that from the little giants. Now, they don't have any Alka-Seltzer on them otherwise, or some Mentos or whatever to foam at the mouth, but. I love how Goldberg just breathes a sigh of relief when the guy's like, he does have a big mouth, doesn't he? And everyone's just like, whew, I thought we were going to get our asses kicked. I really should have gotten Luis learning how to stop, like, quite a fucking while ago, because this is just ridiculous. Dude, that is not going to help you in a game. So, of course, one of the hockey pucks, because they're playing roller hockey, goes out of the schoolyard, over the fence, lands, smashes someone's car because you hear it set off an alarm, and Charlie's like, oh, shit. And James is like, it, no sweat. It, it, it happens all the time. Don't worry. It's not like they can, like, hey, get one of us, because <laughs> they ain't going to be able to tell which one of us did it. Oh, the guy is like, oh, we see, like, the guy, like, grab the hockey puck, because it smashed his window. I mean, the car isn't, like, a BMW or anything, but not that that matters. I mean, a smashed windshield is a smashed windshield. How are you going to see out of it, right? So the guy just throws it back. The guy ain't even pissed off. He's like, it's cool, man. Like, whatever, you'll throw it back to you. Get to see the knuckle buck. Bing, bang, boom. Right in that trash can. Fulton is like, whoa, did you see that? Fulton goes up to Russ. He's like, what kind of shot was that? And Russ is like, oh, you like that, huh? Yeah, I call that the knuckle buck. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I don't know how many hours these kids were um, filming this. But you can definitely see, because um, Eden, is it Eden Henson, who plays Fulton? He looks like, because he's in a tank top, and he's got really fair skin. But you can tell it looks like his skin is turning, like, sunburnt red. I don't think they're just going to air, here, let's airbrush some stuff on you to make it look like you got it. I think that's an actual frickin' sunburn, guys. Whoa. Oh, Ross also says, it's hard to be accurate, but it drives the goalies crazy. James has got, like, two fucking long sleeve shirts on. Like, dude, you must be broiling in that shit. And they're dark clothes, too. Okay, Dwayne also must be getting sunburnt because when they're all congratulating each other, I think Gee comes up with his, his glove on behind Dwayne and kind of is like, like, doing a little, like, pounding on the the side arm. And you see uh, the character who plays Dwayne, I can't remember his name, he's kind of, like, shrugging the guy's arm, like, can you not? Because my fucking arm is, like, beet red. I really think it's like, oh, guys, why are you wearing the tanks? You really should have had a t-shirt. Slap some sunscreen on, whatever, because it's like, he's, uh, 
Dwayne, or whoever plays him, is also fair-skinned. And he looks like he has gotten a little bit of sunburn, too. You know that shit hurts like holy hell. Like, I bet he ain't even going to be able to move his arms the next day. All right, so the ducks are off. You know, the Russ and James and the other kids say, Go on, Team USA, you do your thing. You make us proud. We see Gordon go back, and of course, Jan is there, probably to tell him, like, this, what this is, and what you're dressing like, this isn't you. So we're getting another Hans Gordon reminding him to find his true self, you know, what made him want to coach the Ducks in the beginning and everything, he was an asshole, but eventually he learned his, like, Find the kid in you. Find that joy and love of hockey because this, who you are, isn't working for you and it's not working for those kids. Yeah, he tells, he's like, yeah, I saw the Iceland team on, uh, <laughs> on television. Who is that man in the suit with the wet hair? Was it raining? <laughs> and of course, Gordon's like, uh, it's a style. And of course... Jan's like, you look like you just got out of the shower. Basically, yeah, like I said, Jan saw Gordon on TV, looked like he needed um, to be reminded about who he really is inside before he loses himself completely to the dark side. I'm here to help you get your fucking shit back together to where it needs to be. So he told Hendrik Jan did when he was talking of Gordon for a long time that Gordon was the man who could teach the kids more than just winning or losing. And Jan also told him that Gordon was a man who loves the game. And of course, Jan leaves Gordon with the parting words, teach them how to fly. So now we're gonna get adult Gordon on rollerblades with a hockey stick. Right, so while Gordon's trying to find himself on the beach playing roller hockey by himself, uh, we go to the next game and of course, Tibbles is like, hey, Team USA, you're going to do great today, right? Where's Gordon? And, of course, Louise is like, well, you tell us. And we don't know where the hell he's at. And Tibbles is like, oh, I can't believe this. The ref comes up like, hey, Team USA, where's your coach? Luckily, Miss McKay is there. And Charlie's like, hey, Coach Miss McKay, I mean Coach McKay. She's like, huh? Yes, this is, she's our coach. He's our assistant coach. Please, we will have to forfeit the game if you don't save our asses right now until Gordon gets here. So yeah, Charlie really puts her in a situation here. Like, hey, you have to pretend you're, you're our coach and we forfeit the game. She's like, well, where's Coach Bombay? He's like, pretend we're out of the tournament. She's like, I don't know what the, f I don't know shit about hockey. <laughs> like, whatever, we'll teach you. <laughs> it's not hard. Just throw us out there and we'll, we'll do everything. You stand there and shout at us. Of course, <laughs> the other kids are just kind of watching, like, okay, how is this going to, like, yep, this is our coach. And, of course, Miss McKay just kind of leaning over the glass wall there looks at the kids like, hey, what are we waiting for? The ice to, to freeze? Let's play. And they're like, all right, yeah, let's go. The guy's like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Good, you gotta go, okay. So, of course, Germany is really throwing their weight around with the kids. The kids, and Miss McKay noticed, like, oh, they look so tired. And she doesn't know the proper terms for, you know, to remove those players and put new ones out. 
He's like, oh, we look tired. We need to uh, trade places. Charlie just looks at everyone like, what? It's like, you fucking idiot. You're the one who wanted her to fucking coach. And she just said she doesn't know shit about hockey. You don't know what trade places is basically code for new players. Get some new players out there. It's like, oh, well, you got to yell, change it up. And she's like, change it up. I like how she's like, oh, He's like, you gotta say change it up. She's like, change it up. And he's like, you gotta scream it. She's like, change it up. We see the kids kind of coming, the kids on the ice coming off the ice. The kids that are on the bench are going out onto the ice. Simple enough. I like how she's like, cool. Averman <laughs> and Charlie just grin at each other. Like, okay, she's getting it. Oh, here we go. Gordon is no longer wearing a suit. He is wearing his Ducks Bombay jacket. And he's got the duck whistle. And he kisses Miss McKay on the cheek, of course, not on the lips. He's like, oh, thanks. Did I miss something here? I think I missed a whole scene that happened before this transformation. Like, Fulton and Portman get all pissed off because he's being a jackass and fraternizing with the Iceland lady. And the fact that they had lost, and now that he's like, I'll keep you here all night if I have to. I, I don't think... I don't think, either we haven't gotten there yet because there's only like 42 minutes left of the movie or I just completely like went over it when I was going through a montage. Okay, I must have totally bypassed this because he wouldn't have a change of heart and then go back to being an asshole. So yeah, I mean, he, I, I guess I bypassed that. So at some point the kids are falling asleep in class because after he... They played a team, they lost, and it's like, well, don't take your pads off because you're going to be skating lines or whatever, suicides, I don't know what the heck they're called. And and I'll keep you here all night if I have to. And then, then in the next scene, the kids are falling asleep in class, and she gives them the day off to rest. So I think, honestly, that, that that's over. Like, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I forgot about the team, and what made us important and special. And he says, the team is all I have. Oh, another motivational speech by Gordon, just like he did in the first movie. One more shot is all he's asking for. Right, they're tied with Germany, 2-2, two two. they're gonna do the flying V. Flying V soars over Germany, good for them. So he burns his cardboard cutout of himself in a suit saying Team Hendrix. Okay, so they are studying the Iceland team just to learn from their mistakes. So I guess they played Iceland already and they've failed miserably. Of course, now Jan is going to help Louise learn how to stop as he put a crap ton of pop cans all up so that way it can be kind of a you gotta stop before you hit the cans. It's just, <laughs> he's having the kids like crawl on their hands and knees on their with their hockey equipment on and he told Fulton move that big butt what he's even got him on the treadmills working out and Goldberg is on a treadmill and then Gordon like jumps up right behind him like dang dude I miss a crap ton what the hell I remember okay we didn't even okay I need to go back for a hot second I missed a, a shit ton because I remember Adam had an issue with the Iceland team where like, he scored and they, like, fuck one of them, like, bashed his wrist with a, a hockey stick. Okay, I must, it happens, like, they play Iceland right after this whole ice cream with Iceland lady 
Gordon's little ice cream date with her. And I don't know what the hell happened that it just skipped way the fuck over. I, I, and it took me to like 40 some minutes left in the movie to realize I just missed a big fucking chunk. So we're going to go through this real, real quick. And then we're going to get back to where I was. I am so sorry. I just, it didn't click until like, wait a minute, I remember this section of the movie that, like, uh. Yeah, Gordon's hair is all slipped back. And Averman's like, hey, nice jacket. You get two pairs of pants with that? I guess that's a joke. Like, I guess you get to see, you get two pairs of pants to go with it. And, uh, of course, Portman and Fulton are like, hey, what'd you do last night? Oh, you didn't go out for ice cream? Are you sure? It's sort of like, hey, what'd you do? He's like, eh, I just watched TV when got to bed early. <laughs> Portman's like, oh, but not without a little dessert, right? Maybe a little ice cream, Fulton adds. Like, yeah, did you go to bed alone or did you go with the Iceland chick? Basically, it's like, dude, we are on to your ass. Again, Averman with these jokes that are, they're not fucking funny. He's like, hey, nice haircut. What, you lose a bet? Haircut my ass. He basically just, what, maybe got a little bit of a trim, but then it's all, like, wet and slicked back. It's like he's trying to look like the fucking ice wind coach. All right, so we got Averman and Goldberg kind of doing a one-on-one interview here. Like, hey, tonight's matchup. Team USA faces off against Team Iceland. And the ref is like, all right, boys, let's play some hockey. Basically, Iceland and Team USA, this is going to be what the announcer says, a preview of the championship game. So, of course, they're going to play each other to see how, you know, they do. And then if they end up getting a second chance against them, great. So, Jesse faces off against an Iceland guy who speaks Icelandic. And Jesse's like, what does that mean? And the guy's like, you'll find out. What's interesting is that this guy, I think he plays like Gunner or something. And then he comes back in the sequel, D3, and plays the goalie named Scooter for, like, the Eden Hall Warriors varsity team. Of course, the Iceland guy goes to kind of punch Jesse in the stomach or whatever with his gloved hands, and Portman gets right in there, knocks the guy down. And then the ref, I don't know whether he's siding with the Atlantic, uh, Icelandic, whatever the fuck team. Because he's like, oh, you pushed him unprovoked. Because Portman's like, knocked the guy down. Like, come on, get up. What the hell? No. Oh, shit. He just, the guy's like, hey, you ran up at him unprovoked. And he didn't, Portman didn't even see the ref. He, like, turned and put his hand up. Accidentally knocking the ref. It's like, oh, well, I guess you're completely out of the game now. Great, boy. But um, he didn't even see him when the ref came up. It was an accident. He was like, oh, ref goes the hand and the guy, ref goes down. So we see Gordon like, oh, shit. That's like, calm down, son. You're out of the game. And Gordon's all like, give me a break. And Gordon's like, what are you throwing him out? You can't do that at three seconds into the game. Fuck. This is why you need Julie in there. Because Goldberg isn't doing shit. Winning my ass. I'd like to know how. Because this is bullshit. <laughs> Just flops down on the ice like a fucking fish. I got Dwayne Robinson all, Yeehaw! I got the puck! Old cowboy. So like, pass the puck, Dwayne. Come on. And the other player's like, Dwayne, give me the puck. It's like, we don't need to see your sharpshooting skills with the fucking puck. We don't care. And they're only pass it to Fulton. And Dwayne is being a fucking dumbass. Why did you get him again? Tibbles? 
he's just all yee-haw, yee-haw. It's like, fucking hell. Get him off the fucking team. He's a distraction. And you got two Iceland players that, before you can even think of passing the pulp to Fulton, which he should have been doing, he Dwayne gets sideswiped by two Iceland players coming up on him from behind and in the front. And just, boom, crush him, down he goes. Meanwhile, Portman's having a fucking hissy-ass fit, like throwing shit in the locker room and destroying benches and chairs and shit. And it's like, Okay, so this is where he's seeing, Jan is seeing what's going on between Iceland and Team USA. And he's seeing Gordon all pissed off and screaming and shouting and his blood is boiling and his veins are popping out of his head. And he's just like, okay, I need to get down to LA and deal with this. First, Luis Mendoza, no good because he can't stop and he trips. And, of course, he was going for it. He had the puck, and bing, bang, boom, trip, foul, boom, right into those boards. They pull out, like, everything they possibly can out of their arsenal. I think at some point, Ken Wu's going to get out there and try to do some little fancy figure skater move with the stick, and he gets bum-rushed by a couple Iceland players who just, <clears throat> right into him. Oh, um, Gordon sits down, you know, with Ken Wu. It's like, all right, what do you got for me, Wu? What do you got for me, Ken? What can you do that's special? And Ken's like, well, uh, a triple aerial with a double hamel camel that should split the deed then a pirouetting half-toe touch for the goal. And Gordon's like, I don't know any of whatever that is, but do, you just do what you can do, and I'll be happy with that. He can't even get his skates into the air. He can't even complete a half-turn here as he's getting ready. Bing, blah, I gotta stop with the bing, bang, boom. I'm sorry, guys. But right there, two guys just, they are pushing. They're like a wall, these two guys. are just right into him. He is on the ground. And the poor kid is just like bent over like, oh. And Gordon just like not even looking at him, just pissed off. Just, there you go, son. He sits down. He's like, uh, was that it? And Ken was like, yeah, sure. Ugh. Get Goldberg out of there. I've said that a thousand times in this damn movie. Get Julie in there. Uh, Halftime, Gordon's going to like basically chewing these kids out, just screaming at him like, hey, you guys, the guys are running with your heads cut off or chickens with their heads cut off. And you're just making a fool of me, of yourselves, of the Team USA team. You're a disgrace to America. Get your asses out there and show America what America is all about. Or just show everyone in Iceland what America is all about. I thought we were here to play hockey, damn it. He's like, blow this game and we are one loss away from elimination. And you guys might want to go home early, but I sure as heck don't. Fuck you, Gordon. Fuck you and the horse you came in on. Every damn time Iceland scores a goal, we got Goldberg on his fucking hands and knees. Like, he's giving nobody nothing. Goldberg's just happy to sit on his ass on the bench because Julie goes in there and now she's going to start something with the Iceland. Well, the Iceland players are being really sexist assholes to her. Sending on a woman to do a man's job. Don't break a nail. <laughs> well, I love what she does here. Granted, it gets her thrown out of the game. She's like, I'm sorry, boys. Can you help me with my pads, please? And they're like, yeah, ooh. And she ends up just like... <clears throat> Right into them, knocking them down. Like, all right, sweetie, you're out. Bye. Intent to injure, you're out of the... 
injured my ass. Have you seen what the Iceland people are doing to the the Team USA? They're fucking murdering them practically. They're practically dead on the ice. First Goldberg's like, hey, thanks for the break. Like, yep. He's like, thanks for the breather. <laughs> Basically, all right, Reed Fulton, get your ass on in there and go for Team USA and show Iceland that they can't mess with us. Well, <laughs> what we knew is uh, Fulton Reed being the fast stick, fast puck. We see it just, and just like that, bump, Iceland caught it in the glove. Sorry, Fulton. Basically, it's almost like saying, your duck tricks from the first movie aren't gonna work this time around. You guys are gonna have to think a little more outside the box. Well, who cares? The guy's got an imprint on his hand of a puck. Kind of like Joe Pesci from Home Alone when he got that M from the McAllister's door, like, scolded into his hand. <laughs> like, I ain't, I ain't feeling bad for you, hockey or goalie dude. You're an asshole anyway. Of course, we go back to the locker room where Portman is beating the hell out of a bench. Just a padded bench. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Julie goes in and says, I know how you feel. Totally deadpan. He just looks at her like, huh? All right, good. Banks scores. We can trust in that, at least. And, of course, he's like, yeah, and everyone's celebrating. Iceland guy comes right up and just bashes Adams bangs his scoring wrist with his hockey stick, like, like practically shatters his wrist. And of course, the guy only gets two minutes for sticking, or whatever, the high sticking, I don't know what the fuck it is. And Gordon's like, excuse me, you just pulled out a player and another and my second goalie for intent to injure. That's not intent to injure. The guy deliberately took his stick and bashed it against a person's, um, a player's wrist. That's not intent to injure. If that isn't, I don't know. Someone's paying off those refs. Somebody, Iceland, you're paying off the refs. He not only shatters Banks's wrist, but he fucking breaks his, Banks's hockey stick as well. You can't tell me the other kids on the team didn't, I mean, the ones that are on the ice didn't see what that guy did. And the guys, he, of course Banks is going to play it off like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. And they're like, he scored, woo! And it's like, uh, he is not okay. Well, you know Portman is all dressed and he's like, I'm going to beat your fucking ass, you piece of shit. It's the guy who broke uh, Adam's wrist is in the penalty box for like a couple minutes. I'm, like, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. Oh my, Sanderson's only in my country we call that a love tap. Like, I'm going to love tap you and remove your fucking balls and dick from your body. That's going to be a love tap, asshole. Looks like Carly's still having a little issue with the fanning with the hockey stick, like from the first movie, where he goes, swings, misses, and goes right into the goal. Like, like just falls. So, looks like Iceland won 12 to, I'm guessing, 1. Okay, 12 to 1. That's fucking horrible. But what the fuck can you do? These these guys are like 19, 20-year-old college guys going up against 13 and 14-year-olds. Oh, wow. Well, now Gordon, of course, is going to get a lashing from Tibbles, who's like, do you think Henderson wants to back a bunch of loose? They lost one fucking time. One time. This was your idea. Oh, you piece of shit. I fucking hate your ass, Tibbles. I fucking hate you. Fucking Iceland. They won other games since then, you piece of shit. I really 
think that those kids were ready to take on a team like Iceland. Those kids were probably in Iceland were born on the fucking ice with a hockey stick in their hand. They came out of the womb skating. Yeah, Tibble's like, well, you're only going to do this if you win. And yeah, Tibble's like, I give you a real shot, man, and this is how you repay me? It's like, and of course, Gordon's like, we just didn't have the magic tonight. And Tibble's like, well, you better find the fucking magic. Yeah, and I'm out of a job. And you're on your way to back to Palookaville, Minnesota. I'm like, dude, you better watch your fucking tongue, Tibbles, because I'm going to fucking kill you. I want to fucking kill him. He's a piece of shit. He's garbage. I get that's his image and all that shit, but pfft. Suck a dick, Tibbles. Okay, now, of course, Gordon's got a bitch to his team because he just got bitched out. It's like 12 to 1. 12 to 1! Basically calling them pathetic. Like, 12 to 1. Yeah, you want to know what word comes to mind? Pathetic. Like, you kids were brought here to play hockey. And, of course, Jesse, just like from the first movie, is like, what about you? And he's like, well, what about me, Jesse? Of course, Julie even jumps in. Well, Coach Stanson, the Iceland coach, knew everything about us, and they were ready for us. We had nothing to go on. Usually, don't they do that? Like, the coaches want to know about the players that they're going to be playing their kids against. And maybe they want to give a little insight to their players. Say, hey, this team's tough. Look out for these guys. They're going to be coming for your asses. They didn't know any of that shit. They basically went into that game blind, knowing nothing. And even Louise is like, look, you spend your time driving around in convertibles, talking to those sponsor fools. And Fulton's like, yeah, we're hanging with the Iceland lady. We saw you two Saturday night. And Portman's like, uh, yeah, you're eating ice cream with the enemy, huh, coach? And everyone's like, the fuck? I would be wanting to beat Gordon's ass if I found out that he was fraternizing with the other fucking team. And now you're reaming my ass because I just got my butt whooped on the ice? Uh-huh. No, I'm coming for your fucking ass, buddy. Of course, Gordon just like, hey, what I do is none of your business. Is that clear? I'm like, fine. You know what? We're done. Good luck finding another Team USA because we're not playing for a piece of shit like yourself. Yeah, they basically tell him <laughs> in no subtle words. They're like, eh, fuck yourself. But they start pulling off their, which they probably want to get out of it and get into a shower. Nope. Turns out they're going to be running drills and just skating back and forth across the ice, back and forth all night long. So Charlie, of course, is probably thinking to himself, like, hey, maybe I can talk Gordon down from that. Let's just try to get him to be who he was when we were the duck. And, and Charlie even says, you know, this isn't much fun. And Gordon's like, well, it's not supposed to be fun, Charlie. He's like, yeah, well, when we were the ducks. And it's like, hey, look, I don't see any ducks here, okay? I see Team USA. I see you guys drowning. I see me looking like a laughingstock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, when Charlie's like, this isn't much fun, coach. And Gordon's like, who said it was supposed to be fun? And Charlie comes back with, well, you did when you coached the ducks. Like, oh, I don't see any ducks here, Charlie. All I see is Team USA when lost from elimination. Twenty more sprints, apparently. It's like, oh, fuck you. He's like, hey, let's go. I'll keep you here all night if I have to. What a piece of fucking shit. The kids can barely keep their eyes open in class. They're, like, asleep. Of course, Luis is there. He's falling asleep. Miss McKay, like, wakes him up. And he realizes, like, all the other kids. 
went to sleep. <laughs> like, they left and went to sleep. Thorn gets a surprise when he goes to see the team and sees they're not there and they're not suited up because Miss McKay decided to give them a day off. And Gordon's like, what the hell is your problem? This is my team. You don't tell them what to do. I tell them what to do. It's like they were exhausted. They were falling asleep, asleep in class. They need sleep. They need to... Like, dude, you need to fucking back up. These are children. <laughs> They're not foot soldiers. Yeah, she tells him that she canceled practice so they could rest. And the words out of Gordon's mouth. I am preparing these kids for battle. Can you understand? For, are they going to war? It's a high school. It's, it's junior. It, it's, it's peewee hockey, basically. That's all this is. They're competing against uh, Team USA against other... Well, they're not going to war. You're not sticking a gun in their hands. You're sticking a hockey stick in their hands. Who gives a shit at the end of the day? It's just a damn game, man. And the fact that he learned this lesson in the first damn movie, now he's got to relearn it again? Oh, slap that man upside the head. We win the gold, we go on to bigger things. Bigger things for what? They're 13 years old. She even tells him, like, please, it's a game. Like, dude, get your head out of your ass. I think he thinks bigger things for him. I don't think he's thinking about those kids at all. She's reminding him, like, you said it yourself. Games should be fun. Remember you said that. That's when the kids liked you. Now they hate your ass. All right, let's jump back to where we were before. Um, I had to go and do all of this here. Now we're going to go into the locker room. And Banks is kind of checking on his wrist. Of course, he's going to bandage up his wrist. And Gordon sees him like, hey, now just think how good you'd play with two good... How you'd play with two good wrists. And Adam, of course, is like, oh, hey, coach. He wasn't expecting his coach to be there. He's been probably trying to play off this injury like he was never injured. It's like, no, you need to have someone look at that. That is not good. And he, Gordon even goes so far as to say, all right, well, let's see you rotate this hockey stick. Okay, your good, good hand. Let's see your bad hand. Now rotate it. And hockey stick just falls to the floor. Yeah, Adam just plays it off like it's a little sore. And Gordon's like, hey, man, look, I'm sorry. I wasn't doing my job. I should have I should have seen it sooner. And, you know, Adam is just so desperate, you know, with Team USA and, you know, scouts being there, he wants to look good. Maybe he can get signed up early for a college, get a scholarship. That's why, you know, and his dad is just pressuring his ass. Like, you want to make sure the, the scouts see you perform good and everything. That way they can, you know, you can get into, you know, college on a hockey scholarship. And then you can go to the NHL or the minors and then the NHL. So Adam goes to grab the stick. And Gordon's like, no, I want you to use your other hand. And he tells Adam, Adam's like holding it like lengthwise out. And Gordon says, all right, now I want you to rotate it. And Adam knows he can't. So he just drops the stick on the ground. And Gordon's like, I'm going to have to bench you. Adam's like, no, you can't do that. And Gordon's like, look, Adam, you could injure yourself permanently. And Adam's like, no, you can't bench me. He's like, I gotta play. All the scouts are here watching me. I mean, this is my shot. It's like, dude, you're like 13 years old. You are gonna have plenty of shots. 
Wouldn't you rather be healed and let them see you at your best than instead of them seeing you play at your worst? And of course, Adam's like, but my dad's counting on me. I'm kind of curious if Adam, because Adam's older brother was a hawk. Well, does that mean that Adam's older brother went on to have a hockey career? I mean, he's probably, what, a few years? I don't know how old his older brother is than him, but did he go on to get into college and then the minors and then the NHL? Who knows? So hockey is very, very important to Adam, to his family, and this is basically his one shot in life, is to play hockey. That's his career, that's where he's headed, and the idea that all of this could just be taken away from him is just, it's devastating to this poor boy. Because his dad probably built it up like end-all be-all, like it's hockey or nothing for you. And I, I love this moment here between um, Adam and Gordon. He's like, look, my dad worked a lot, right? So when he made it to a game, I wanted so bad to score 100 goals for him. I was like, yeah, you want you know, your parent to be proud of you and stuff. And you want to play your best. And, of course, Gordon's like, well, then I spend half the game a nervous wreck in my stomach and knots. And, of course, Adam adds, you know, I feel the same way, basically. Of course, Gordon's going to impart wisdom about what his dad had said before he died. That his happiest times watching Gordon skate on the, this pond they have behind their house. And Gordon says, he didn't need me to score 100 goals for him. He was proud of me because I was his son. And Gordon did, and that Gordon did his best. That was all that mattered to his dad. And of course, Gordon's like, well, I'm sure that's how your dad feels. Um, you met Adam's dad? He is, I, I don't think. That guy is, <laughs> I feel bad for Adam. I mean, he's even crying. He's upset because it's like his dad has made him feel like it's hockey or nothing. It's like either you're the best or you mean nothing. This Either you have hockey or you are basically nothing to me. It's, it's, it seems like that all or nothing mentality. So, of course, Adam thanks Bombay for the pep talk and they're gonna go get that x-ray that wrist x-ray should have done it how long has it been since that happened i'm just kind of curious a week a few days oh yeah so we see adam kind of on the ice but he's got his arm in a sling we got louise learning how to stop which is good oh i should say he's learning why is he trying to jump over the pop cans that are stacked at least like eight high why are you, he, he keeps, like, why are you jumping over it? You're not supposed to jump over it. You're supposed to stop before you get to it. So we get another new, this is the thing. I, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen D3. I don't know if they also have, like, the newspaper thing like that in the first one. They got a lot in this. Iceland upset by Russians, now tied with the USA. All right. So, of course, Charlie comes in like, hey, coach, I know with Banks out, we got a roster slot open. Of course, he's going to bring in Russ. With You know, he's got the knuckle puck, so. Eh, okay. Charlie says, you know how, he says, you know how I always told you I'd make a better coach than a player? Well, here, 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 here. Didn't take him that hard to scout the kid. I mean, you guys did play with Russ, so you know kind of what he can do. Yeah, Gordon knows this kid. Uh-huh, the one that was mocking him. Uh-huh, yeah. He's like, he, he looks, he looks down like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me, Charlie. Not this kid, please. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, kid, you want to play for me? You're going to keep your fucking mouth shut. You're not going to mock me. You're not going to start shit with my players. You're just going to play hockey, okay? 
That's the deal. It's like, all right, Russ Tyler, what can you do for the team? And Russ is all, you never heard of my knuckle puck? No one's heard of your fucking knuckle puck, kid. You basically came out of nowhere when Team USA started playing. No one's heard of your damn knuckle puck. All right, they're playing Russia. So Russ does the knuckle puck and it just and goes right into the goal. All right, we got Wayne Gretzky making an appearance. Oh, he says, Charlie says, guys, this is the great one. I always thought, because, you know, when I watched this on VHS, when I rented it, I thought, because it didn't have subtitles, I always thought Charlie said, this is the gray one. I'm like, well, he is wearing a gray suit. And, of course, Wayne turns to Charlie and says, Wayne's fine. Another newspaper says, Knuckle Puck sends USA to finals against number one ranked Iceland Russ Tyler hometown hero. Of course, just like when the kids were all partying on the ice in the first movie, the kids are going to have a fun time on the ice together. And Louie's like, hey, should we have our hockey game around? It's like, no, we're going to have fun. Get out on the ice. You don't need to wear helmets while you're out there. You don't need any protective gear. We're just having fun. Oh, I hate Tibble so much. Yeah, I can skate. <laughs> Of course, they're playing with a beach ball, and their fun is short-lived because, of course, the Iceland Wolf Stanson comes out, and he's all like, hey, we got ring time, oh, but we're here first. And I guess now it's going to be a little one-on-one -on -one battle for the ring time against Stanson and Gordon. And, of course, Stanson knows all about Gordon's knee injury, and then he takes him out, like, crushes his kneecap, just like... It was in the minor leagues. Like, I'm going to re-injure your knee, and you're never going to walk again. But at first, before they do the whole showdown between Stanson and Gordon, so before he's like, hey, play with me a little. No, Gordon backs out. He's like, all right, guys, we're off the ice. Let's go. Come on, come on. And the guy's like, hey, well, play. Please play with me a little bit. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I would kick his ass. How dare you talk about Jan that way? You don't call him an old geezer. I'll fucking take your head off. Take your head off. Sorry, but you don't disrespect Jan. You don't do that. Gordon's like, fine, I will play you. So just like in the beginning of the movie, Gordon scores, and the opposing team person gets irritated, pissed off, growls even, apparently, in, <laughs> in the subtitles here, and just whacks Gordon's knee, like, I'm going to get your bad knee. Down he goes. Basically, they have to, like, keep all the kids from, like, going after that guy. It was like, get your coach off the ice. We have to practice now. Like, fuck you. All right, so looks like Banks' wrist is healed. And, of course, Russ figures, all right, well, then I guess that means I'm out. Banks has got to have a spot back. But Charlie's like, no, no. Can I have my spot? And, of course, Gordon's like, all right, Charlie, good. You're my junior coach. I want you up there with me. I want your eyes. I want your ears on the game, okay? Good. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> looks like Iceland scored the first goal. I'm not surprised there. And, of course, the fucking goalie who scores off Goldberg is like, too slow, big boy. It's like, and then Goldberg's like, hey, let me at him. I'm going to kill him. And, of course, the, uh, the other team members that are holding uh, Goldberg back are like, hey, hey, he'll kill you. It's like, yeah, but just hold me back like I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> All 
Alright, so Russ is going to attempt the knuckle puck. Unfortunately, against the Iceland team, he's going to get knocked down. So I was like, oh, I messed up. Like, no, dude. That knuckle puck was never going to happen. They were not going to let it happen. Because he goes to... He, apparently he's got to set up the shot and get the puck up on its side because that's the only way the knuckle puck's going to work. Of course an Iceland player comes in and scoops up that puck and knocks Russ down in the process. Iceland scored again. It looks like Banks has got the puck. And the Iceland guy, probably the same one who fucked up his wrist to begin with, would, for Banks keeps... And, then, and eventually I think he does hit his wrist again. Like, a fucking asshole. Gordon's like, hey, ref, why don't you call something? Because he almost took his arm off. Like, we're not doing that shit again. Last time you didn't call it. You better call it. Two minutes. Oh, my God. The same damn ref. Get his ass out of there. Get someone else in there. That guy clearly favors the Iceland team. This is the second time this happened. The same damn guy, probably. Of course, Banks uh, comes off the ice. Gordon just wants to double check. Uh, Banks' wrist is still taped up. He's like, hey, are you all right? Are you sure you're okay? And Banks is like, yeah, yeah, he just hit the, bad, the, the pad. So basically, the padded, what, glove thing, he just kind of, like, hit it. And it's like, well, good thing. So you can see, like, Iceland's on the other side, just that glass window wall thing is the only thing set that divider there and Gordon goes up like he wants a confrontation and he just turns right around and just like nope not gonna do it I I need to focus on my team all right looks like it's three to nothing that is not good because Luis tried to get in there to the puck get it from the Iceland guy he trips the Iceland guy Luis also trips they go into the goal along with Goldberg, who's already there. And, of course, Iceland scorers. Like, Argh. All right, they're doing the flying V. Let's see how long this lasts. Maybe they'll score. I don't know. But somehow they got to get at least four goals to be able to win, don't they? Because they're, they don't have anything right now. And Iceland's got three. You knew they were going to plow right through that flying V, the Iceland team was. All right, Iceland, is four to no it's four to nothing. Oh, boy. Come on, guys. 24 minutes left, everybody. 24 minutes left of the movie. Let's go. Let's go. Even during the face-off is like, hey, you guys want to ease up a little bit? <laughs> Just thought I'd ask. And Ken Wu is also there as well. Yes, the Bash Brothers. Get their butts out there on the ice. Start doing what you need to do. There we go. They just knocked Portman and Fulton knocked one right into the boards. Sweet. That's what I'm talking about. All right, they gotta go. Woo. Sweet. Their tricks are working, guys. Ken Wu's tricks are working, and Fulton and Portman's. It's going. They got a goal. The goalie actually has the nerve to get on Kenny Wu, and Ken is like, I'm ready for it, man. I haven't been waiting to do this all fucking day. Yeah, he just goes right for the guy's uniform and starts yanking up his uniform. And I love how James is like, hey, I told him that! I told him that! <laughs> Sweet! Oh my god! And everyone's just like, yeah! <laughs> I love how Kenny Wu repeats what the Iceland guy said. Two minutes, well worth it as he gets put in the penalty box. They're just having fun! Fulton and Portman are like, yeah! The crowd loves it. They love it. And Gordon's like, come on, guys, let's play hockey. Because the guys took their helmets off. He's like, you gotta have them on the ice, guys. Misconduct penalties? Seriously? 
What is this ref's deal? This conduct how? So, of course, Connie's going to go onto the ice, and Charlie's like, hey, Connie, you need to be careful out there, all right? They're gunning for you. And she's like, don't worry, I'll be fine. And, of course, Dwayne sees this, and it looks like, yeah, she's going to have a bit of trouble. The guys are going to be all over. The Iceland guys are going to be all over her. So, the guy... The one guy knocks her down into the boards, and he's just the sinister laughter as she's, like, on the ground and in pain. Of course, as the guy skates by the penalty box, he's, like, hitting his stick up against it, like, oh, what are you two gonna do? You can't do anything because you're still in the penalty box. And this, of course, is illegal. You know this guy's gonna end up in the penalty box here, Dwayne, as he gets his rope, because he's gonna go out there and rope one of the Iceland players. Not that the guy didn't deserve it. I mean, definitely. None of this boy's ears stick out. Um, <laughs> Dwayne's do. Um, but, yeah, he gets put in the penalty box, too. Like, damn, I can't lose any more players, guys. Dwayne's coming for the Iceland guy because Connie is, like, at the boards trying to get the puck out. And this guy, of course, is coming straight at her, rushing her. And Dwayne is like, oh, I'll fix that. He ropes the guy and pulls him right off his skates. <laughs> and Gordon is just like, oh, I can't believe this. But all the other kids are like, yeah, way to go, Dwayne. I love how Dwayne is like, hey, where I come from, we treat, treat ladies with respect. Of course, Connie gets up and says, thank you, Dwayne, but I'm no duck. I, or I'm no lady, I'm a duck. She's like, I'm a duck. And she like punches the ice and guy right in the stomach. And he goes down. All right, still four to one. Dwayne, of course, is going in the penalty box. Looks like it must be like um, the end of the period, second period. So they want to get them all pumped up for the final one. He's like, hey, if we can't beat them, we may as well keep our pride. And everyone's like, yeah. So Gordon, of course, corrects Jesse, saying, look, Jesse, that that's not pride. I mean, sure, when Dwayne roped the big oaf, part of me cheered. He's like, hey guys, I get it, alright? I feel the same way you do. I wanted to cream that jerk that busted my knee when I played in the minors. And he adds how he really wanted to go after Stanson for that cheap shot when he, like, bashed his knee. He's basically telling them, like, let's not sink to their level. Because if I do, in a way, he's like, well, I've lost more than my knee. I've lost myself. And he says, like, guys, we're not goons, we're not bullies, and no matter what people say or do, we have to be ourselves. And I like how he starts saying, all right, you, where are you from? And just, and everyone kind of goes around. A lot of them are from Minnesota. <laughs> of course, Dwayne's from Texas. Dean Portman's from Chicago, Illinois. Guy Germain from St. Paul, Minnesota. Jesse Hall from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Julie Gaffney from Bangor, Maine. Louise Mendoza, Miami, Florida. Greg Goldberg, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Les Averman, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Fulton Reed, Stillwater, Minnesota. Russ Tyler is from South Central Los Angeles. Charlie Conway from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ken Wu, okay, he's from San Francisco, California. Sweet. So Connie Monroe, Monroe from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Banks is from Edina, Minnesota. Wayne Robertson, Austin, Texas. Michelle McKay from Duluth, Minnesota. Cool, so a lot of places in Minnesota. Cool, cool. And Gordon's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's got the bluest eyes, I swear. It's like, we are Team USA gathered from all across America. And it's kind of funny, it's like, well, a good chunky y'all are from Minnesota, but whatever. <laughs> it's like, and we're gonna stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks. And of course, 
This is where they throw out the new Duck jerseys, even though technically they're still Team USA. And ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. You guess. Well, they're all like giving like little things about how why ducks fly. And just when you think they're about to break break apart, ducks fly together. Everyone cheers. And Miss McKay even gets in on it. Like, and when the wind blows hard and the sky is black, ducks fly together. And of course, Dwayne's like, and when the roosters are crowing and the cows are spinning circles in the pasture, and everyone's just like, uh. Ducks fly together, yeah. <laughs> and Gordon, of course, kind of closes out with, and when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together. Like, damn right they do. As old ducks and new ducks unite under a new banner. So we get the, this is going to be where also the ducks um, are called, like, hey, a pro team wants to name themselves after you, or I swear this is going to be the one that does it. That's really, really cool. It's, like, got a duck, like, hockey mask face with, like, two hockey sticks crossing behind it. And it's, like, kind of like a teal gray black. It's mostly white with, like, teal, like, pie piece, like a pie piece. And then it's got a black circle with the hockey, white hockey duck face. And then it's got the two hockey sticks underneath. It's really, really cool. All right, they got the duck power going on. We're, we're ready. Let's take on Iceland. Let's get through this last half and beat their asses. I love how they're doing the queen like, we will, we will, crack you. I mean, quack you. <laughs> oh, someone's wearing like a Jurassic Park shirt. There we go. We got queen. Woo! We will rock you. All right, looks like they are... Two to four, four to two, or, yeah, Connie gets a goal. See, they need to put on those Ducks jerseys, and they are unstoppable. So, Dwayne flips the puck. It soars through the air. Banks gets it, but it's tripped by an Iceland player, but manages to still get it into pushing it with his hockey stick through the Iceland goalie's legs into the net. They score. Boom! They're just hitting. They're getting the goals now, guys. They're getting them goals. All right, now we got Luis scoring a goal. He actually stopped just mere inches from the goalie and, of course, sprayed him with the ice flakes. And then he's like, I stopped. And Gordon's like, put the ding puck into the net. And he does. And he scores. All right. Turns out, I don't know why Russ is wearing... Goldberg's goalie mask, but it confuses the Iceland team. He's able to do his knuckle puck, which goes right into the net. Like, sweet! Alright, now they're tied up. They are tied up 5-5. Five to five. Oh, they gotta do the shootout. Alright, Jesse got the first one. Good for him. And, of course, Iceland scored two. That ain't good. Alright, next one up's Jermaine. Guy Jermaine. He puts it in. Sweet! So it's two to one. Ducks are ahead. Of course, Iceland goes to score, and luckily, it is caught in the glove. All right, next up, Dwayne Robertson. Oh, it looks like Dwayne didn't make it in. It hit it in the glove. All right, let's see if uh, we can keep the Iceland from scoring another goal. Crap, went right in there. Dang, he like hit it from quite a ways away. Now USA, Team USA and Iceland are tied two to two in the shootout. Up next is Fulton. And of course, he does his... Fast and hard puck goes right, hits the guy right in the face, knocks him down, goes into the net. All right, hopefully Iceland doesn't score again. Let's see. Yeah, they did. Oh, my goodness. All right, we got Banks up next. Let's hope, because right now it's 3-3, three to three, so 
I got my faith in Banks. They're doing it in slow-mo, and you think, all right, he's going to get it. It's going to go in. He got it in. Yes! Team USA, four. Iceland, three. All right, looks like uh, Julie's going to get in there, and she's going to take over for Goldberg against Gunner. It's just the slow-mos of the ducks, like, going up here, because it's getting towards the end, because there's, like, seven minutes left of the movie. And it's like, you hear Gunner, the Iceland player, like hit the puck and it's like but we don't everyone's just waiting bated breath on their feet just did it did you get it did you get it guys it's been a while i can't remember does she get it let's find out even he doesn't know because he's looking at her like did it go in did you get it she stands up she's got the puck she drops it ducks win ducks win Woo! and they're all like hugging and cheering i don't know why i thought I thought there was going to be, like, more to it. I mean, you, there was so much in the first one at the end when Charlie did that and everything like that. And, it, you know, he won and everything. And I'm just... I think I'm confusing this ending with, like, the third movie's ending. Like, there's more... I mean, everyone's cheering and happy and everything. I just... I thought there was more, like, music being pumped in and everything. And I guess, like, no, because they did the we will rock you thing when they're going to face in the third quarter. The ducks were facing against Iceland. But we do get the ducks coming out of the ice in slow-mo. They're cheering. They're happy. It's sweet. Of course, Gunner goes to face Stress. I forgot his last... What's his name? Strassen? Strauss? I can't remember. Anyways, like, Gunner, you lost it for me. And Gunner just looks at the guy straight on and says, You lost it for yourself. Don't fucking... Like, this is all you guy. I did my best. Go fuck yourself, basically. So the Iceland players, of course, and the ducks all got us like slap like gloved hands on the ice. And of course, Gunner goes over to Charlie and says, Good work, Captain Duck. This is the only guy that seems to be a real like you know, thank you for you know playing. You know, he's he's being a good teamsman, a give a good like sportsman type attitude, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Even Strassen or whatever the fuck his name, Wolf. Wolf, I'll call him Wolf. He's like, good job, coach. And, of course, Gordon's like, thanks, Wolf. Banks comes out on the ice with the American flag and gives it to Charlie. Yay! Everyone's hugging and cheering. You got Jan and Miss McKay and Gordon on the ice. And everyone's just, oh, it's like, yay, we did it. You see the Canadian geese flying in a V. Now everyone's, like, hanging out around a campfire. They must be back home in Minnesota now. Part that I remember from when we walked, me and my cousins and my aunt, we walked into the theater because the very itty bitty tail end, we walk in on this. I'm like, is this the beginning of the movie? No, because then they go through the credits and they get it. We sit there while they rewind the film and then go through, you know, the previews and everything like that. <laughs> and Goldberg, of course, doesn't know how to do a um, marshmallow on a stick because, or a s'more or whatever. It's like, oh, you're not supposed to light it on fire, you idiot. Charlie's got to use his canteen to put it out. And everyone gets a good old laugh at that while the cast list comes up on the screen. Of course, we get the We Are the Champions, but the cast is singing the song. Fuck his tipples there. I hate him. Go away. You're not needed anymore. It isn't to the line of I, my bad mistakes and stuff like that. They start singing and everyone starts joining in at that point. I love how around the campfire Tibbles like kind of does a little nod like I'm proud of you. You did good Gordon. You did good for Hendrix. You did good for me. 
Everyone's just like leaning into each other, kind of rocking back and forth, like, we are the champions. No time. I love this. It's so good. I love it. And of course, towards the end of the song, the actual song, like, gets pumped in there. Oh, they're actually having the credits here. They got duck skating doubles, biking skating doubles, semi-pro skating doubles. The producers wish to thank the city of Anaheim, the mayor of Anaheim, the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim, the city of Minneapolis, Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board, the Minneapolis Minnesota Film Board, the Blake School, Minneapolis, Parade Ice Arena, Minneapolis, City of St. Paul, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, St. Paul District, uh, U.S. Army Public Affairs, Los Angeles, Pickwick Ice Center, Burbank, Isoplex, North Hills, City of Beverly Hills, the Mighty Ducks Organization. Oh, here it is. It says the Ducks mourn the passing of their good friend, Will Cowboy Dawson. Okay, so that's what they were talking about in the trivia. All right, everybody, that's the movie. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun covering this. I mean, I will say honestly, truthfully, I like the first one better than this one. But I'm really excited in March, too, because... Um, I have not seen D3 in a very long time, so and of course I've probably forgotten quite a bit of stuff, but I'm excited to review it for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed this one, and I'll be back in March with D3 The Mighty Ducks. Bye-bye.